0: Our fingers it says meeting is now live. Live, here we go. All right, I'll wait for it to pop up. <laughs>
1: yeah, check the YouTube here, also. Oh, yeah, there it is. We are live, yeah. Eagle. Very good.
0: Nice. Hi, I'm Eagle Eagle Gardens, Eagle Gardens One on Instagram. This is fucking talking to big old blunt. And what I do with this is I put like half of my material in there, and then I'll take some of what you would call the festival hash. And then I just kind of like sprinkle it through there in the middle. And then uh, I go ahead and top that, you know, pack it right in the middle of all that shit. Give her a good twist, and uh, there we go. One uh, blunt ready to go
1: man that's that's my style doobie right there sprinkle a little bit of hash in there and what 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 was the flower that you said you had in there
0: oh this one was just a, um I, i'd almost call it a fe- festival mix of uh dry ma- dry material oh sweet yeah cool nice little blend there nighttime yeah. blend, i like it. <clears throat> i did a few different runs uh this last time one of them was uh Fresh froze and one dry material, and that was uh, part of the dry run there. Super good, you know. I I can't complain about either really. Uh, Most people have their preference one way or another, either the fresh froze or they like uh, the more dry beats style, you know, hash that you get from a drier material, drier run. But uh, both were good. Very pleased, very pleased. Ooh. Hello, Mr. Skill Bowl and Denise. Thank you for joining us. First two in. Appreciate you guys. So, Red, uh, you about ready to uh, tell us the Red Setter story? I'm dying to hear a little bit more about you. I've been, heard bits and pieces, of course, you know, on the show. But man, I am super stoked about this. I'm not even like just blowing smoke here. You know, I, there's just something about you and uh, go ahead and take the second to, uh, you know, tell everybody how you can find red. I mean, if they don't know how, where about you yet, then they should. So uh, tell them how to find you, Red. Well, I'll start with, uh,
1: you can find me on Instagram. Mostly uh, I'm red setter farm at red setter farm on Instagram. I'm also on uh Sunday nights live with the Bro Show, Michigan Bros Grow Show, which is really awesome to be a part of that whole that whole team, the live show with you there, Eagle, and uh the great, whole great crew. crew and sequence, Scobo, Kate. We got Abolish Farms and Miss Cantaloupe Hayes and uh, everybody. Uh man, it's uh it's a wonderful, wonderful thing that kind of brought me into the YouTube uh universe. This is my kind of first year of kind of being out putting my face out there alongside like with my garden and things like that prior to that i kind of had the you know old time fears of prohibition and things uh and really trying to be discreet but you know i am a legal grower now and everything that i do i keep myself within the the laws of michigan and i you know so i feel a little bit more comfortable now being able to come out here and put my face out there so i love love interacting and doing these kind of shows with you guys uh we got the late sesh with Skilbo also that's uh, airing right now, and you know I, I I really enjoy just being a part of this community. Um, I've I've been into cannabis damn near my whole life, you know, and aside from you know those toddler years, right? You know,
0: you gotta but yeah, man. you gotta have some clean years, I guess. Yeah, I know. I I started early, and that's for sure. And I think I don't even want to say how early, but it was. It was pretty early, but, uh, yeah, that's awesome. Now I've seen your garden. I haven't seen it firsthand, but I've seen, you know, updates and everything. Your your garden's on point, brother. There's, you should have been on Instagram and YouTube a long time ago, spreading that knowledge. I am I mean, for real, it's, it's a nice setup you got going there. Oh. you want Thanks, to tell man. us a little bit what you got going in the garden and, or let's start on how you got, you know, to where you are, you know, let's yeah. hear the journey of Red first and then we'll talk about gardening a little bit.
1: Yeah, man, you know, cannabis and me, we go back grade school pretty much. Uh, it Not so much that I was partaking or using cannabis in grade school, but I was kind of educating myself about it. I come from the DARE era right i have a gold medal that i got from uh (laughs) interacting with the dare class and writing a report and my report got chosen amongst you know the whole fifth grade class or whatever it was and i got to stand in front of the whole school and read my speech about drug abuse and and the whole nine you know um since then you know i've always had a a understanding of the complications of addiction and things like that. Um, My family, uh, I've had um, family members with, uh, you know, even myself issues with addiction, you know, just along alcohol, drugs, it doesn't matter. It's throughout the whole family, you know, throughout just about everybody has a little something that they're working on, you know, Um, and, and learning that as a, as a young adult, you know, growing up, um, through my teenage years and things like that, I I had tried a handful of things. I tried alcohol, I tried cannabis and things. And the cannabis just didn't really fit the description of the what I learned in DARE class, right? It, it really didn't fit these descriptions. So I wanted to educate myself a little bit further beyond fifth grade, sixth grade. I never even tried it, but I wasn't against it. I I don't know if I was a proponent at the time, but I was interested in like the colorful art aspects um i was always into things like alice in wonderland and stuff and like the hookah smoking caterpillar i always thought i never really had a bad vision about like hookahs pipes and bongs and things like that so when i first walked into a head shop as a young teenager it was a different culture that kind of like grasped me you know it was i don't want to call it like the head shop culture but it almost seemed to be uh it a little more free than like the restrictions that I had grown up around, you know, um, just, I don't even know how to describe the freedom that it appeared to have, but it was just like, it, it had like, you know, profanity on the t-shirts and things like, it was just a different type of a culture in like the head shop realm. And then from there it was like, Oh, um, it, you know, you, you run into people and they're nice. Uh, so I, I enjoyed the culture just being around people who smelled like cannabis and things like that. Well, bring it into, you know, my later teenage years, I had actually, my first time trying cannabis was by myself. I was curious. I never got peer pressured into cannabis. Like I said, I had done my research for a few years, you know, looking up like, what is this plant? What was it used for? Why is it, why is there a prohibition? And you know, I, the, I kind of had the internet I kind of had access to the internet I, I want to say in my teenage years I definitely had access to the internet so I started doing a lot of research you know so anyways get into me actually trying cannabis I was like you know this isn't like alcohol I'm not drunk I'm not getting a hangover or anything this is kind of cool so yeah recreationally when I was a little bit younger I felt that it helped me focus when I was doing things like skateboarding, BMX, biking, snowboarding, rollerblading, helped me focus on my studies when I was doing homework. And I, I over a period of time just kind of learned that this was a, it, it wasn't detrimental to my lifestyle. It was actually helping my lifestyle in a lot of ways. I was feeling more artistic. I was feeling more open to being social and things like that. Um, i've had a handful of bad scenarios where like uh, close family members and things like that have, have passed on and and so i was really reclusive for a while uh cannabis kind of helped me come out of my shell so to speak um you know in in that whole thing just the whole culture behind it i i always just never really looked past it um or or down on it or anything even like i said when i was younger coming up um, I I had a direction that I was going to say, and I totally spaced out, which I guess is another little caveat of cannabis, um, narrowing down these different types of cannabis, stimulating, um, you know, the kinds that might help get you off of prescription meds or get you off of alcohol, which might be considered not a depressant, but more um, relaxing. Um, the, cannabis helped me, you know, look look through what was going on all around me you know it helped me like almost re-remember what I had learned about you know through like addiction training and things not not necessarily dare class but I had done other uh addiction trainings and things like that you know through like um uh like losing jobs I've lost a couple jobs due to like cannabis use and then I had to go through like employment assistant programs go through like outpatient rehab just to kind of keep you know the the license that I held for employment um things like that so I, I went through and kind of reflected on addiction training and realized that cannabis wasn't an issue cannabis was um helping me get get through the issues that I had and you know to this day it's been almost a decade I haven't uh, I haven't messed with like any opioid um, medications or anything. I haven't messed with any uh, um, like Xanax or anything like that. It's uh, I I rarely ever drink. If anything, it's a a beer or two socially. Um, These days, it's not even monthly. You know, once every couple months, I might have a beer or two. Um, I quit smoking cigarettes three years ago. Uh, Cannabis, I feel saved my life in that way. Uh, Actually three years ago, what's today, the 30th, like less than a week ago, it had been three years almost to the date that I quit smoking cigarettes. Uh, almost cold turkey, man. It was, I, I want to say cold turkey. The only thing I did was I smoked joints, smoked joints like all day. Um, It would be like, fortunately, I had my own stash. I was a uh, caregiver at the time, three years ago, and I just rolled up like you said, you just had some shake laying around anything that wasn't that potent. And I could just smoke it all day and not be on my ass. I was smoking leaf, uh, like trim and just making cigarettes basically. And that was my get off of nicotine go-to, you know? Um, yeah, man. And, and that pretty much gets me up to here. You, know, Uh, cannabis has just really been a lifesaver for me and, and to a lot of people that I know. Um, you know, it's been a it's been a rocky road here and there. Uh we've I've lost uh friends and family along the way and and cannabis helps me it helps me like get through these rough and rocky times for the most part because I, I think and I dwell and uh you know cannabis is great, man. It really is. So that's in a nutshell my story. If you want me to elaborate at all, I'd love to. <laughs>
0: Man, that's fucking quite the journey from uh, dear class to advocate right there. Man. I went a little fast. I mean,
1: there's a lot that I missed and skipped over
0: along the way, but that's kind of like in the nutshell, if you will. I'm kind of, I just want to take one quick second to uh, shout out some of these cool people that's in chat here. and that's, Yeah, uh, I didn't get a to, to go anything, anything either. Tuning in, the American one. Thank you much, sir, for tuning in, Jack Greenstock course man honored that you you joined us tonight thank you much but uh i'm curious to hear more about the the skate freestyle red before we get in too far deep uh tell me about the fun days you know uh i'm interested in that because uh i i did both myself uh so i'm i'm kind of interested in hearing what you did uh you know, and I am interested were you just like in line around town kind of skate or were you a ramp skater or uh same thing with bikes. Uh were you a mountain biker or did you freestyle? Or did you ramp? Uh, tell me. Let's hear about it. I, I finally got you here, man. I, this is I wish this could be in person. The only way this could be in better is if it were just me and you passing some doobie. So let you know, let me get to know you, Red. Let's let's hear it.
1: The doobie thing's gonna happen. Very soon, I I really do hope. Um, so all of the above. Uh I, I want to say, man, I started like I was always into just riding my bike really fast. I had a mountain bike, you know, I I'd flipped over the handlebars a handful of times, hurt myself. Um, and, and it was just go time. I was like, all right, I need to figure out how to not flip over my handlebars. So my cousin, he he did an endo one time, uh intentionally right you know and and that's how I, I originally flipped over my handlebars a few times is trying to kick my back wheel up oh man i just got to kick my back wheel up then my brother comes by and he like does a bunny hop on a little bmx bike so i went from the mountain bike to the bmx bike via my my brother he kind of hooked me up and sent me uh, his old bmx bike that he had that i was just infatuated with i was like oh this thing's cool didn't have pegs or anything like that but it was like an old bmx bike like from the 80s I want to say it was BMX brand or something like that but anyways uh long long story short I was really in I kind of got into BMX riding my dad worked for a Ford motor company and he like worked around lathes and stuff and he actually made me some pegs one time and I put those on my bike and then uh you know a few years of BMX riding and building like boxes to like grind on and building some ramps to jump and uh, I lived on a cul-de-sac at the time so not a lot of traffic and I just had my ramps were just out in the, in the court all at all times uh, and, and I'd have a nice awesome spot to like launch and land on and so um, one of my best friend, well actually my best friend my best man he's standing up at my wedding he's been uh uh, like a mentor to me through cannabis and everything uh this goes way back to when we first started like hanging out we both uh really got into bmx riding and then uh rollerblading and rollerblading came on and it hit really hard through he myself and and a lot of other friends that we had just really got into the rollerblade scene we all had like k2 backyards and we were all riding with k2 rollerblades and stuff not really so much into skateboarding. Uh, we had a lot of other friends that were into skateboarding. So there was never any prejudice amongst like our groups. We all just went out and skated together. Uh, we would go hit up the local like bank that had like this awesome ledge on it. And we would, we would skate for hours and hours and hours all night, you know, until the cops would kick us out. And then we'd come back the next day and get kicked out. Uh, you know, cannabis through that whole time frame, it just helped it helped out the times, you know, it helped out with focus. If you fall, you didn't really hurt yourself too much, but you know, kids and we were kind of getting high and and going and and playfully skating around. And you know what I always enjoyed and I'm going to get into something else like snowboarding was catch a little buzz and you smoke something really heady And, and there's not a lot of people around. Right. But there's a lot of nature you're up in the mountains and you're snowboarding. And that's when like, Cannabis and extreme sports, if you will, like really hit, and I really like. I started getting into just like street riding on my rollerblade, just riding my bike down the street, and smoke a joint and just go for a long ass ride. And I mean, next thing you know, you're miles away from home and cruising around. And I don't ever want to say I ever put myself at risk or anything because I always knew my surroundings. Um, Even as you know, a teenager and things like that, we were always with groups, groups of kids, and. You know, we weren't, we weren't spray painting anything. We weren't uh, throwing rocks at windows. We were just looking for like the woods, you know, we'd go and we'd trail ride and stuff all the time. I mean, metropolitan Detroit, there's not a lot of big parks or anything to go do that at the time. There weren't skate parks. Um, The only skate park that had gotten put in was like after I even graduated high school. And then I worked at it for many years which was pretty cool. Um, but that was the only skate park that we had around like within, you know, you'd have to drive an hour to go anywhere to stay out of trouble. Right. But now there's skate parks everywhere, which is great. And, and I think that's like a, an awesome thing. And you go to these skate parks and you don't see kids sitting around smoking weed or anything like that all the time. They they do that shit in their privacy. You know? And nowadays it's probably like vapes and stuff. You know, I don't want to like, I don't want to like you know, kill the situation, but I mean, you know, it's it's still going on and i respect it you know because i re- i i don't want to say that like i think that kids should be partaking in cannabis but i know that it happens and at least they're at escape something and not off doing stupid shit right that's how i looked at it when i was a kid um but yeah i mean i don't condone like drug use cannabis use or anything like that unless it's really medicinal you know this is me coming from a an older adult now where I can, I know, I know the, the risks, right. You know, you're not fully developed until you're 25 years old, right. Your brain at least isn't fully developed. So these are the things I think about now, but when I was younger, it was, it was more for the, and I, you know what, I, maybe it helped alleviate a lot of like the stress and of the risk. I had gone skydiving. Um, it was always just into like extreme sports and things like that. And it's funny because now, I still smoke cannabis, but I'm, I don't, I, I won't jump out of a plane again. I'll tell you that. I won't do it. Like, oh man, I
0: was just getting ready to ask you if you would with me because that's one thing on my checklist I haven't done yet. And I'm looking for somebody to do it. And I'm sitting here listening to you going, god damn i'm liking red more and more man we have a lot of shit in common you mentioned the parachute jump and i'm like man this would be a great bonding experience right there
1: it would uh, it, yeah. it is but anyways man. i it didn't really mean it really is no don't i'm glad you like kind of stopped me I didn't why wouldn't to, like, you go let me ask that why um, wouldn't you
0: go I, was it just a fear or a lock yeah
1: so i don't know man like i ended up getting um like in my mid-20s and things like that I, I, some whatever happened happened, you know. I don't know what it was. If it was uh whatever kind of trauma had happened in my mid twenties where I just have this anxiety. I um well I'll tell you I'll tell you a lot of it that had happened was I was having like heart palpitations, I was drinking way too much Red Bull, um, I was drinking way too much caffeine. This is two thousand ten, I wanna say. Uh I'm I'm also this is a DJ. Poison. What's that? Man, that Red Bull poison. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I had been drinking it and go back to the skater days when I was working at the skate park and things like that. I mean, we'd, we'd skate all. We'd skate till 4 in the morning, you know, and we'd stay at the – I had keys to the skate park. We'd close down the skate park. We'd keep the lights on and we'd skate till 4 in the morning. We'd pull people's cars in there and jump over cars and stuff. We had a blast, man. Oh, I mean, cool. We'd, we'd a lot of Red Bull at the time, you know, when I was, I was younger. Uh, I actually want to get into something else uh, beyond this, too, if if we can uh, if I find up remembering um, just about random substances that are out there. But anyway, so Red Bull. Right. I'm a young kid. I'm 18, 19, not even 18, 17, 18, 19, seven, eight years straight. I was drinking Red Bull. Um, I was heavily addicted to Red Bull. I would drink like uh, maybe a half a pot of coffee in the morning. And this is like now that I'm in my like early 20s. I'm working in a restaurant. I'm working until four in the morning in the kitchen. Um, I I go into work, you know, prior to work. I'm also a student. I'm drinking coffee at school. I'm drinking Red Bull at school. I'm working until four in the morning. I'm drinking two, three, 23 ounce cans of Red Bull. Um, I became a DJ. Now I'm DJing uh, these events and I'm actually DJing this. uh, Like it it was, it was just a party, man. It was like a 40 year old birthday party at a hall. And everybody's doing Jaeger bombs. So I'm doing Jaeger bombs. I'm like 24, 25 or something like that. Doing Jaeger bombs with everybody. This is like 2010. Uh, I'm supposed to go down and go DJ a house party downtown Detroit with my friends. Uh, it's like midnight. I'm packing up, leaving this, this party, getting ready to head downtown. And like, I had like drank a Red Bull, did some Jaeger bombs, and then chilled out because I've got everything packed in my car. And I was getting ready to hit the road. And then, like, you know, my blood pressure was really high from dancing and moving and hauling gear and everything. And then all of a sudden, I kicked it for a second, put my car in a drive, and hit the highway. When my blood pressure and everything kind of came down, I felt like somebody rocked me in the chest, like, four or five times. And I scared it scared the shit out of me. I got really kind of dizzy. And I didn't go downtown. I called my friends and said, I can't come party. I can't DJ. I got to go home um uh, kind of scared the shit out of me for a little bit and I was like kind of short-winded um not really sure what had happened you know was it a palpitation was it a heart attack I don't know I was not really the kind that likes to go to doc- I hate to say that I don't like going to doctors but I don't like going to doctors so I didn't go to the doctor I don't
0: either don't feel bad
1: yeah so I, d- I didn't go to the doctor it had been a while but I did quit the Red Bull and that was dude I'll tell you right now it was like December 4th to the day um, 2010. And I haven't had I haven't touched Red Bull since. So um, as I'm going through my uh, taking Red Bull out of my out of my body, I realized that I actually took a significant sugar source out of my body, right? So all of a yeah. sudden, I can't put any sugar into my body. I tried drinking lemonade, I tried doing um, you know, any kind of pop, you know, it didn't have to be pop and have caffeine in it. It could have been, like I said, lemonade or Sprite, um, just that little bit of sugar. And I was getting dizzy and almost passing out. And then it went from, I couldn't even really drink coffee. I started just getting the, this anxiety that I was going to have these palpitations or what was going to happen. Right. A couple months go by, you know, I'm just not feeling right. I don't know if it was withdrawal from the, the Red Bull or what it was. Um, cannabis was the one thing that kind of helped me maintain my little bit of a healthy mood. Right. Um, and it, and this is still, this is like around 2008 to where I, I really can't choose what I'm smoking. Right. So some stuff would give me an elevated anxiety and I would feel like I'd feel worse. Right. Well, 2008 comes around and then I can kind of pick and choose. And that's when I was able to kind of utilize cannabis for whatever happened. And with this, and I don't know if it's the sugar, the withdrawal or anything that affected my anxiety or whatever, but I eventually did go to the doctor, they hooked me up to EKGs and stuff. Said, no, you hadn't had a heart attack. You're not having a heart attack. We don't know what it is. I contributed it all to the Red Bull and stuff, which is where I kind of wanted to go to my, my little rabbit hole, which is like, this stuff's available. Red Bull. I feel like it almost killed me. I was a, you could be a teenager. I've been drinking it since I was a teenager. You don't even have to be 18. You can go buy a 32 ounce can of Red Bull, slam it, get all jacked up. You know, no issues. Um, and and it's strange. You know, it's strange that that is
0: um, and red. I don't mean Maybe. to cut you off. I just want to join in here for a second. Yeah, do it, man. Do it. Again. I'm so long winded, man. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I'm I'm loving every second of this. I'm just I want to jump in because I can very much relate, brother. And I again, I want to thank you for this uh this little knowledge drop cuz I'm going I I guess I'm later in life battling this because I'm doing the, the with the Bang energy drinks right now. I'm like at least two a day. And I took back bottles. I was, I was, it was a sad shock, but it didn't stop me. Uh, I, I got tired of the bottles building up last month. And I, and I, usually I offer them to the kids or whoever wants them. Take that, it's your money, just get them out of here. But unfortunately nobody wanted them. So I had to take them back get them out of there. Well, I'm chucking all the bottles and cans in there, and it's not taking my bang drinks. So I'm throwing them in the cart behind me, telling the kids, "They're taking these back. They took my ten cents, so they're taking. <laughs> they're, I'm taking these back up there, and they're giving me my ten cents. Because legally, if they the store sells them, they have to take them back, even if they have to hand count them at the counter. So at that, I was. Eh. There was a bunch of them. I knew it started to throw a bunch of them over my shoulder anyway. So I empty out the bags and I look behind me and that cart is like half full of Bang energy drinks. So I take it up to the service counter and tell them, man, this thing is not taking none of these cans. They're all worth 10 cents. You know, take them back. I ain't ain't lugging them back home. I'm not throwing them away. Take them back. So... She, she says, all right, well, no problem, but you got to count them. So, I had to count them out. 55 bang cans for the month of February. So, I, at that point, it, might, it actually twisted my stomach. And I have had some, seen symptoms in myself similar to what you're saying. So, this is kind of a real wake-up call for me. So, uh, sorry, just wanted to butt in and, you know, saying I could relate, but. Could you please, you know, pick up where you left off on this story?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it is scary. It's um, like I don't know. I, and there was a time where I would just like, oh, I would just look at the ingredients on the Red Bull can and be like, oh, there's niacin, uh, guarana, and all these other things, um taurine, and all this stuff. I would go to supplement shops and I would get guarana, taurine, and I would take the supplements. Oh,
0: Q10, it's good for me.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, and and I mean, these are the this stuff's available too. You know, you can go, you can very easily get any one of those supplements that's on the back of a Red Bull can't promoting mm-hmm. anybody should go out and do that. Because again, like I'm talking about right now, I'm in my mid thirties and I haven't had a Red Bull in 10 years. My anxiety is still pretty, pretty up there where I have to like self-medicate just about every day. Um, and now that we're going through this, like this pandemic thing, yeah, you know, I haven't felt anxiety like this ever in my entire life. I've been short of breath for like 2 weeks where like cannabis can't even help. So I definitely attribute um like too much caffeine use, too much uh sugar and things like that to really giving me a uh, a psychological spin, you know, if you will, like in my mid 20s or something that it really had to, had a, had this long-lasting effect even till today. Now, I drink coffee now. Um I no longer like get really, really dizzy. If I have a slight stimulant, um, or have some sugar that this lasted for a couple of years, uh, where I had to really limit my caffeine intake. I had to really limit my sugar intake. I was, I I don't know if the term's hyperglycemic or what, like I said, man, I never saw a doctor about it, but it was just, it was a real strange period of my life where I, it was going through these crazy like lack of Red Bull withdrawal. I'll tell you what I, what I don't miss is, um, What a $10 habit, a $10 a day habit. I mean, that's between that and cigarette smoking. It was like 10, 15, 20 bucks a day by the time it was, you're done with it, you know? I mean, I'd much rather uh, just get a... The the viewers can't
0: see me while you're talking, but you can, and I'm surprised you can't see, like, the, the whiteness coming down my face there as you were talking, because I, in my whole life, have never had anxiety. In fact, I didn't even, right, I hate to say this, but I was one of them people that kind of, you know, thought, oh, it wasn't even a thing. Oh, you you know, the younger generation just doesn't know how to, you know, deal with shit and this is an excuse. Well, uh, my daughter had an accident about a year, well, it's two years now ago. Car accident, and she battled with anxiety terribly. I mean, terrible. I had never seen it so bad. So that woke me up to it. But then this last year, I'd say, uh, remember? I think I said something in chat briefly about you know being really stressed out, like Octoberish, and I had never even dealt with anxiety until that point. But I had been—that's you know—I'd picked up the habit probably like in June where I had started really sucking them down quite a bit so now what you're telling me makes me i got one sitting (laughs) sitting on the table waiting for me after the show and i you've got me wanting to just take that thing and just chuck it right into the woods because uh man it's hearing this especially after you quit the drinks for so long that you're still battling the anxiety isn't uh good news that makes me want i definitely that's today's it I promise you that brother i'm i'm done with it so yeah. please again take off of this story I, I keep i'm interrupting you but you're really helping no, me no, out. keep I interrupting me that's you. cool it gives
1: me a chance to breathe
0: <laughs> but anyways please tell me pick up the red store
1: yeah man um yeah i don't want to go down that rabbit hole too much just because um i want to i want to keep it positive and uplifting but uh yeah the i don't know uh it kind of helped had me changed my my views on a lot of things um one of them was mental health um i i realized how fragile the mind really is when when it when you're just putting supplements in your body when you're, you process sugars and all the caffeine you know whatever it is any type of stimulant a epheteran or whatever you're using um, it it has these yeah these dip, it messes with your mind right so as i started learning about how plants uptake nutrients and became like more involved with cultivation. Um, I learned that like cultivating plants is very similar to cultivating our own bodies. I learned that we process foods in a very similar way that plants process and uptake nutrients. Well, we don't process similarly, but we require certain nutrients, right? And an overabundance of other maybe bad nutrients, things that you shouldn't have can cause a weary effects. You know, it's very easy to stress, kill a plant. It's very easy to stress, kill a fish. It's very easy to stress, kill just about anything. And stress is like, stress is like the, the most deadly thing that you can come, come in contact with, you know, um, and some of the easiest ways to stress out your body aside from external factors are internal factors. You know, if you can't, con- like, you can control what you do on a day-to-day basis. You can control, like, who you hang out with. If you're hanging out with stressful people, you can avoid that situation. You can avoid certain stressors. But depending on what you're putting in your body, you might not be able to avoid those certain stressors. And that's basically what I was getting was I was putting stressors in my body, you know? And, um... Yeah, so I'm I'm glad that that I got out of that that system. Uh, I still think about, you know, I'm I'm still I'm not like a hundred percent like uh, healthy. Um, like where I eat junk food sometimes, man. You know what I mean. I'm not always just eating only out of my backyard. I'm not only eating unprocessed foods. I definitely eat like a processed chicken sandwich if if that's what's for dinner or something. You know unfortunately our food system most good foods are really expensive like unprocessed foods are really expensive so a lot of times you know if you got a budget of like 20 bucks for the week to go get yourself food you're probably going to try to maximize that get yourself a whole bunch of probably processed foods fake vegetables or whatever it might be just to kind of get through uh so i i mean i i, I getting in my later 20s and stuff, I really started seeing all of this and thinking about all of this stuff. And that's, that's when I realized I've just been like destroying my mind with all of this like fake nutrition that I've been feeding myself. So, you know, getting in my like, now I'm in my 30s, and I'm in my mid 30s. Um, I had been trying to eat a little bit better. I had been trying to like pull fast food and things like that out of my but that's another thing that I, I attribute to a lot of like my anxiety is just the amount of like, I was, I worked for a, I'm going to call it fast food company. It was basically like, uh, it it was Buffalo Wild Wings. I worked for Buffalo Wild Wings for years and I call it fast food because there's like nothing that is made in house. Like everything comes in bags. Everything's pre-made, ready to rock. There's not one dish that takes more than like three minutes to cook. I mean, even hamburgers are pretty much like six, seven minutes tops, frozen everything. So, um, you know, I was eating this, uh, beef tallow fried food. Like even I, I thought I was eating French fries and I'm like, Oh, I mean, potatoes, no, it's cooked in beef. Like you're actually eating beef, like all the time, even when you're eating chicken wings, you're eating beef fat. So there's a lot of that going in. And I realized that I'd worked in this, I would eaten Buffalo wild wings for, I don't know, 10 years, probably straight, Um, and then I was also eating other bad foods for a long time. Anyway, man, that's another whole rabbit hole to get down to. Um, but getting out of that, like lifestyle, I don't even want to say service industry because there's a lot of excellent restaurants. you can eat every single day at, and, and like be really healthy. It's just unfortunately, like deep fried foods and things like that, that stuff's going to mess with your mind. And I think that that also contributed to my anxiety now. So I don't want to just say that it was like only sugar, only Red Bull, because I really ate like crap for most of my life, you know. Well, I don't want to say most of my life, you know, when I was under the supervision of my parents, my mom used to make really good dinners. Uh, Once I got out on my own, you know, between like the years of like 17 and God, man, I don't know maybe a few years ago and so I mean a good 15 years I just ate like garbage you know so all that stuff affects you mentally um and so that's why you know for most part I, I self-medicate with cannabis and nowadays I'm eating my cannabis and stuff because it helps it helps me function better it actually helps I can tell that
0: my body functions better you know I love the feeling of edibles the goodness it makes me feel and it's fact <clears throat> I don't mean to change the subject of edibles but uh, this in particular, round of hash, I don't know if it was uh, the mix of the strains or if it because uh, it sat around for a minute dry in, you know, in a paper bag, I' folded up. And uh, I don't know if it was the you know the THC molecule had broken down the chain some. And that's what it is. But man, this stuff, you you know, you add this to a little bit of a joint and it is, you're feeling it in your body and it's not like the normal hash where you're like zoned. You know what I'm talking about? It's all in your head. Most hash does give you a nice, you know, body buzz. But this in particular one has been like, uh, man, almost like an aspirin. It's, You know, it's been a pleasant buzz, but more all, moreover, moreover. It's just been uh, a great body relaxer overall, just nice. That's why I told Skill Bowl I wanted to save him some because I know his bag problems. But, uh, is that something you've experienced? When do you? How do you run yours? Because I know you use material. Do you, is it usually dry or do you do fresh?
1: Yeah, my material is always dry. When I whenever I do any kind of um, post harvest, uh, w- w- the way that I run out. That's actually not a bad topic because I could like really run into like my the way I harvest and the way I do all my materials. So let's just say I, I got a nice crop and I harvested it and I do a and I do a nice 14 day dry. That's everything. That's uh what I'll do is I'll buck fan leaves. Any fan leaf that doesn't have a trichome on it, well, doesn't have like good heavy visible tricombs on it, I compost. That immediately goes in a bucket off to the side and a compost. Same with any uh big stems that aren't part of something that I can actually hang up. My, my flowers are, uh, I can't even get it on, but they're about a foot to about maybe 12 to 16 inches long at most. That way they can fit on a hanger in between a drying rack. And, and I'll, I'll fill up a hanger with, uh, six to eight flowers at a time and, um, or six to eight branches at a time. And what I'll do is I'll have all of the, so I, I composted, I have one bucket of composted, uh, uh, non-sugar leaf fans and stuff. And then what I'll do is when I'm, when I'm bucking down the rest of the fans that do have sugars, those go on a screen, um, a regular window screen, sitting over a baking tray, you know, that way there's, uh, air airflow on both sides and I'll just, all my sugar leaf will go there. I'll let my sugar leaf dry. Uh, in on Fred, I love time.
0: you. Have you seen? Are you just saying this, or have you seen my screen?
1: No, I haven't seen your screen. No, I'm, um, I'm, I'm just saying this. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's I got it screen, one right really here. Nice the
0: same fucking setup, this train, everything. Oh, yeah, I'm telling you, man. I knew we were a lot of like, anyways, keep going, bro.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so that way, I, my, my, uh, I'm gonna call it, I don't want to call it trim. It's, uh, Sugar leaf, fan leaf, whatever that product, it gets the same drying conditions as the flowers. They they go on the bottom shelf, flowers hang above them. Blah blah blah. Okay, when I'm get done, I take all of that material, single strain, I bag it up. It goes into a um, it goes into a tote. It cures, um, and I do I just plastic bag it, you know, just for that material right there. And then what I'll do is is I will take my finished flour after it's cured and after it's trimmed and the trim stuff will get turned into uh, bubble hash. It'll get turned into edibles. It'll get turned into some other things. And then what I'll do with the fan leaf stock, the sugar leaf stock, the good sugar leaf stock, non-composted sugar leaf stock that will go into Simpson oil. That might also go into edibles and things like that. But for bubble hash is only trimmings and, uh, popcorn buds. So any little popcorns that I, am not going to smoke, I'll, I'll try to smoke them first. And if I can't get to them, next crops coming down, that popcorn bud goes. And like I said, it goes into a cured tote, bag it up, cure it. Um, it sits, sits there for a while. It it depends on like, if I'm building up like a single strain, it depends on, um, I might only harvest like four plants at a time. But I also don't like to, I try to work with my time management the best I can. I like to cure my product, let it age and do its thing on the shelf. And then when I have a day or two that I can actually get down to, uh, to making some hash, I'll I'll do that. My days are filled with usually taking care of uh, uh, patient orders, um, trimming, working on the garden, I don't have a lot of time to to make hash once a week or or multiple times a month or anything like that. So I try to only make hash a couple
0: times a year is the way that really? I do it. What I'll do so is I'll just I'll bust
1: that all out in
0: one day. Your material similar then? Um, so do you notice that in your final product that kind of effect? <coughs> oh, yes, like the body and style. All, Like it's. Uh, it'll really be
1: homogenized so yeah definitely get like a heavy body load but there will be some aged and some newer that kind of it all homogenizes itself and then what will end up happening is it'll all eventually be aged as the hash but it'll be homogenized and like you know some of the some of the trichomes are six months old some of the trichomes are six weeks old you know it just all depends on on how much of whatever crop I was able to get to. But I rarely will take six different strains and just blend it all together and homogenize the the strains. I like to do single strains to try to keep, time. you know. I, and I have and I have like blended and, and stuff like that, but at the same time I'm also making my hash as a way of just preserving all of that other material and turning it into a smokable product uh, or an edible. Uh, precursor type of a product, like I mean, if you figure like this jar of hash was, I don't I don't even know what's here, man. There's maybe ten grams here, so let's let's say that it was I don't know forty grams of, I don't know whatever. Let's say you got a pound of trim, and you can you, you, pound of trim is in this bag just curing, you know, and and or you can't keep it sealed properly because it's you know, it's in a big bag. You don't have a bunch of jars or anything like that. Knock off all those trichomes, turn it into some hash, you know, and I, and I like to do like, I call it totally full spectrum where I, I I really whip, whip the hash. I'll, I'll break up the hat or I'll take all my trimmings and I'll really break them down and I'll try to get some of the plant matter and get it into some of my hash because I want to utilize the, a little bit of the the plant matter for if I take my hash and I make edibles with it and I toss a little bit of hash in, in my frying pan, you know, some coconut oil and cook some dinner. I got a full spectrum meal right there, you know? So I try to, and I try, and then it'll add to like the overall yield of it, but yes, it's going to decrease the potency of it. But like I said, I don't need incredibly, I guess I haven't said it yet, but I don't really need incredibly potent medicine as being like an ex-smoker and things like that, I have a tendency to to smoke like often. I'll take breaks and smoke joints. So I, I enjoy just puffing on on a, on a bowl here and there. It helps keep my, my, my fix, you know, if you will. Helps keep the, the urge to want to go grab a pack of cigarettes or something, which I, I don't have any urges to smoke cigarettes at all. I personally don't even understand how I smoke them for so long
0: these days since uh since we do things that sounds like a lot similar man even lifestyles and everything are uh, parallel in some ways I, I really think this is cool but uh do you ever uh before you're ready to make some hash there do you ever dry sift the, that a little bit because that used to be uh my pre-step for the drive material that I had was uh, let me grab it because it's right here, and like, you can tell I ain't bullshitting you. Uh, uh, here's my screen. You know what I'm talking That's about nice. right here? Did there's you a make Gordon's. that right
1: there? Yeah, good of course.
0: Uh, there's a Gordon's food tray. You know, uh, one of the big uh, aluminum ones. That That's exactly right where I got mine in there shout out to gordon and uh right on so before if my materials i didn't do it this time but if uh there's quite a bit i'll take that material and uh sprinkle it out on there and kind of crumble it up a little bit fluff it a few times and uh, knock some of that stuff off before i wash it to get me a, a nice dry uh it's I, you can't even really call it Keith if you do it gently enough. And then from there, I'll take I'll take my little paintbrush and I'll brush it into a pile. And then, uh, I'll you, hey, did you see the episode when I was kind of talking about uh, hash bags and uh, had the one-galloners? Okay. I'll take that. Uh, really, I guess you still call it Keith at that point. And I'll take that and I'll throw that into my 160 bag. And uh, give it a nice little toss back onto my uh, thing there, and that will clean it up really nice, you know, again. And from there, I'll temple ball that stuff. Even for you, I mean, you can put all that uh, nice trichomes in a plastic bag and do the Frenchie method to where you're rolling them back and forth until you put them all back together. And uh, you can either make your hash paper out of that, or my, you might know, use that blunt style paper that I've been talking about lately, or you could, you know, roll that into a cannoli and let that age and cure like that, which is usually a super good hash. Or you could temple ball it and, uh, you know, just grate it into some joints. That's usually what I do with my temple balls. like got a super small fine micro grinder. And I'll just cheese grade that onto the tray and just sprinkle that in the middle of my joint. Or at that point, because you've heated it up with your hot water bottle, it's somewhat uh, activated for you. So you could actually like nibble on some chunks and uh, get it into your system that way. But, uh you know, if I'm looking to, that's the way I'm usually looking to deal with my dry trim. And then whatever hash I get after that, I usually pull one good bag off the the dry that I've already worked a little bit. And then anything after that, I usually use for like an edible, put into butters and stuff like that. Cause I've already taken, you know, the cream of the cream off with the dry sift and did something with that. But, uh, give that a good world. The next time you you work that trim a little bit and, uh, yeah, I think you'll be happy because the end product is really nice because you can really age it at that point for a long, long time. You could shelf that cannoli or that temple ball for years at that point, and it will do nothing but get better The the buzz will get better. So just throwing that out there. And again, I interrupted you with your story, but
1: no, you're good, man. I've, I've always admired the, those cannolis that you roll. I think that's really cool. I think that's a uh that's a really clever way to utilize all your hash because you're right you I mean, like I've done that where I've like pressed it out made it real thin and then just like I never rolled weed inside of it though you know I just like rolled it up and then lit it and smoked it like a like if it was like a burning incense or something um I so I like to what I'll do is I'll if I do like a dry sift run or something I'll usually use that material for edibles or something or it will also get reprocessed back into bubble hash. Um I like to do a dry sift first. I've had I have some Apollo dry sift that I still have from March of 2018 and if I crack the jar it will smell like fresh Apollo 13. I don't get that effect from like working resin and water. If I work resin and water, it will smell like the flour subtly. But over time it will also smell like hash, you know? Whereas I've noticed that like certain strains would dry sift and maybe it was because it was a it had a little more greasiness to it. It's not really greasy, not super greasy. Like I've had some real greasy like sativa style um I don't know like like diesels and stuff like that. Like really greasy. But like the Apollo 13 is not incredibly oily or greasy, but it still just has something that is able to just hold, like, I don't know if it's sesquiterpene or something in it that just holds for a really long period of time, which is really nice. I haven't directly washed the Apollo 13, but there's other strains that I have done the same thing with, like uh, Death Star, for example. Death Star, uh, dry sift holds the same Death Star smell for a very long time, whereas the hash will kind of get a little hashy um i don't know if it's all i mean it's probably anecdotal to say that any terpenes could get washed in water but i know that there's a there's a ox it's not oxidation
0: Terpenes one hundred percent can be uh washed in the water yeah so there's something that is
1: uh it's like an oxidation not oxidization it's it's um crap man maybe somebody in the chat knows the actual word for it but it's oxygenated it's oxygenating or something <laughs> like that they, they, and they do it at different rates right so if you have let's say you got like three part let's say you got one part myrcene one part pinene, one part terpenaline and they and they go into the water uh you know depending on how long you let that flower or let that sit in the water when you're done you'll have like less myrcene than you would terpenolene, and you would have like more maybe pinene of uh, the other two or whatever, but all your ratios would be off. Here we go. Uh, Jack Green saw yeah. saying that some are water soluble. Yeah. So thank you. Jay. So like, yeah, you know, in, in like, I don't want to go down like the whole rabbit hole of calling water, you know, the salt and you know, put a, put a penny in water over time, you know, anything's going to dissolve in water. So um but again we're talking about time we're talking about temperature and things like that i prefer to just like that dry sift man like you're talking about it just knock off the resin heads in the air you don't have to use any anything you don't have to go out and purchase ice you don't have to do any of that stuff and you can get a really gnarly yield off of it and then you can take the rest of the product and go turn that into and you can refine dry sift too you can run it through a smaller bag you can do like the static tech where you can like run like certain types of cellophane or like, I don't know, CD case or whatever you want to do and get some static on it and you can pull your resin heads and really purify it that way. I mean, dry sips, really cool. Um, shout out the bubble man, dude. I, I mean, I, I would be like uh, killing it. Like, you know and he came back and everything which is really awesome but dude shout out to his old old videos like when he was doing stuff with like a shout out like remo and all those. you ever watched all of those dudes back in the day when uh man would do like uh stuff with remo and a couple other dudes that he had and they would just get out those just like that tray that you showed those big silk screens and stuff and they would just
0: get them out and they would run
1: they would card the hash and stuff and I mean, I remember Colorado's watching that stuff like ten years a, ago.
0: Shout out to that cat makes a nice metal set. If you're ever looking for a set, I mean, they're all metal, it's the frame and everything. Nice sub.
1: Just before like Amazon stopped uh, doing a bunch of Prime, I was actually in the market for some, and I was kind of browsing and seeing where I could get them. So I might have to try to find a better, a, a, a better. So source you struck my those.
0: mind in a few spots here one i want to cut of that apollo <laughs> and two um yeah that makes me think because some some strains definitely aren't uh water hash friendly or while you you know bubble hash friendly so what a better way to if i wash a strain and it doesn't yield well then i'm just now thinking uh Maybe because I don't do hydrocarbons or nothing like that. And mm-hmm. I'm always leery yeah. of sending it off because I'm always thinking, man, I get the back end of that run. <laughs> you know, yeah, you never know, I, know, right? Right. I'm almost positive most times. And I've never seemed to, I am one or two times I've been happy, but most, not really, you know. But uh, that's a whole other story. So I don't deal with the hydro. Uh, carbon side of things so when I wash my bubble and it doesn't yield well I think now I think I'm going to turn to uh, just dry sift it and try catching them trichomes that way I think I'm going to be better off going that route on uh, strains like that I love I think it burns great I love
1: the way dry sift just kind of sinks into the bowl you know and then what I like to do is once it's lit I can just Keep scooping more right on top and it just it takes the night away man it's wonderful i enjoy it i uh i like hash too, man i like i like popping a little hash nug just uh i used to actually take a stem i'd take a little stem and then i'd get a nice piece of hash warm and i'd roll it out and then i'd sit the stem in the middle of the hash and then i'd roll that out and i'd basically make an incense out of it and then the hash would burn down, and eventually it would burn into the the stem. And the stem would burn with it, just like a regular incense. Um, it used to work out really well, man. I keep keep hash burning. I, I I love it. I love the conversation of running your extracts. I don't know where I was going with that, but um, I'm not big into hydrocarbons, uh, or or using like butane or anything like that for for a couple of reasons one is i i know how clean that they are and i know you can get them down to damn near zero zero ppms of a solvent um i don't have anything against it at all i think that it it can have a really really good product for me i i personally just i can't smoke i don't know why what i have smoked it and like if it's available and if it's passed me i will smoke it especially if it's like a clean good product but again, it's like, it's one of those things to me that's almost like processed food or processed meats or something where it's, it's had this like, chemical, chemical processing done to it, right? I don't want to call it like, it's almost an unnatural and then and then there's the then there's the facts that were like, um, you're shipping butane, um, your I mean, we have to get the butane from somewhere. And I, I drive a car and it has gas, but I also like to limit the amount of petrol I use, right? Like, like, if I don't have to fill up my tank all the time, I don't want Like, if I could afford an electric, if I could afford a Tesla, I would have a Tesla, you know what I mean? Unfortunately, they're expensive. One day I'll have solar panels and I won't have to rely on fossil fuels and things. But that's the other thing I'd, I'd like to kind of limit, call it hippy dippy or whatever, but I do want to limit my my carbon footprint. You know, I, I think that one of the ways of limiting carbon footprint is uh, how I can process my, my cannabis, you know, and like I said, like do it once a year, things like that, run a dry sift when I can, or do the bubble hash or something once or twice a year. And then it limits me on like taking trips to the store all the time and getting ice. I'd get ice once a year, fill up a couple of coolers and bada boom, bada bing, you know? So those are just some of the small ways I like to just kind of minimize my my efforts and carbon footprint, you know, and I don't wanna say anything bad about uh hydrocarbon or blasting or anything. It's just the reason that I don't do it is more more of those, you know. I, I think that good product could be made out of I'll it. say
0: something about it and if you can send it if you're gonna try that, please send it to somebody that's knowledgeable and uh, or and licensed. Let's so we're in that day and age where you can send it to somebody that's just licensed. Don't try that shit at home. I, I can be uh, now looking back, I can remember the, you know, the good old days when the tech was coming around and my buddy coming around with his cell uh, in a case of butane and blasting that shit in my garage without no fucking windows and shit open. I think I look back, I'm like, oh, my God, we were so lucky we didn't blow that house up. So don't try that shit at home. Don't even think about it. Go bubble go water go dry or send it to somebody else don't somebody try no like for or dab smith
1: or somebody actually knows yeah that there's one.
0: plenty yeah. of talented extracts out there don't even you know dry sip bubble you're safe you know make some butter whatever there's lots of good ways to deal with your excess trim and whatnot no carbohydrate. oh excuse me hydrocarbon work at home anyway sorry right i just wanted to no, throw no that that's in cool for, man yeah
1: and i mean i've given my i've given my 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 old material to uh people doing hydrocarbon uh processing and things so I, like i said i don't have really anything against it it's just more uh what i do personally um so like i'll send it off like if it's something that somebody if some one of my patients wants you know bh
0: left out I left out the rosin press. I guess uh, Shredder was asking if I had one. I don't, but I wish I do. That's another great method. A little expensive, but man, uh, I guess that's the cleanest of the clean. What about you? Do you have a rosin press? You don't, Dad? I, so don't, I don't,
1: man. Just it's like it's something I want to get into. You know, it's like phase one, phase two, phase three. That's in like almost phase three because I really want to get my my grow facility kind of dialed in first before I really dial in the processing aspect of it. Um, I want to make sure that I, my drying, I want to have my really the next thing that I got to do is like veg and propagation. That stuff is, is what I really need to focus my, um, my spending on. I want to make sure that I have, I'm able to keep up with my flower production by having enough clones and everything. And, you know, of course you got to have, got to have space to do it so that's kind of what I'm working on right now and then from there is uh, I'll I'll do my post harvest uh, it's kind of like the last the last thing because uh, I have bubble bags and I have you know a a sift screen and things like that so I'm able to to get by right now and honestly none of my patients are really into like extract they'll do edibles and things like that but nobody like really dabs or anything so fortunately I don't have a huge market for um, dabable extracts I guess like rosin I, I don't yeah I mean so fortunately I don't know I'm a...
0: just curious uh, as somebody as with somebody with anxiety how do dabs treat you I mean do the, do you find some kind of uh, calming effect so, in it yeah, here's, or is this it just is funny. the opposite the first time sent you through the roof
1: the first wow. time I did a dab was during my like withdrawal phase of It was in like 2010, 2011, when I was not doing any Red Bull um, or sugar or anything. And I was having these like panic attacks and and having these like palpitations and shit and getting dizzy spells and things. It was the first time I ever did a dab. And I guarantee it wasn't the cleanest dab because hydrocarbon and stuff. People were open blasting at this time. Um, You know, this is 2009, 2010 ish. And, uh, it was, it shot me through the roof, dude. It threw my anxiety, a curveball. Um, I was DJing that night and I, I almost couldn't even DJ. It was just, it was hard, man. It really hit me heavy. But since then, most of the time cannabis really, really helps. Um, I'm the type of person where I actually, I prefer like sativas and things like that probably because of Uh, how much like caffeine and things that my body is like really used to I don't really know the psychological reason why I enjoy stimulating cannabis. But for whatever reason, I really enjoy like that melt your face off cannabis, except during times like this, where there's an actual anxiety going on, like there's, this pandemic is happening and like shit's crazy. And there's an actual anxiety happening. It's not just a mental anxiety. Like, I know it's all mental, but like, there's real forces out there, out there to get you right now. Right. Where usually
0: it's all just manifested and, and made up,
1: you know, yeah, anxiety,
0: you know, you what's know, it's weird is, you know, I'm sure this goes with a lot of people too, is, uh, you know, I'm fine. I stay away from the news. I don't want to listen to hear about that shit. You know, I know what's going on. I may trying to be ignorant about it, but whatever, but what really weirds me out is just when, uh, you get out in public and seeing the vacantness and people acting so strange. I, like I said, I, I had to go to the store before the show you know, and uh, I said to the teller, I know this thing isn't just going to disappear, but I wish to God that hopefully sometime soon the social anxiety or the social awkwardness will fade because, yeah. uh, Mm-hmm. this is it's just making things super weird even more it's so it's weird. bad enough that it's going on itself with the social awkwardness is, it's pretty
1: it, like i don't mind talking about it right now i think it's interesting to like document this right now like this live show and we can have this conversation of like what's actually going on in the world right now is a really weird thing but i'm doing the same thing man i'm i'm stepping back from watching the news because a lot of it was watching numbers and just random things just hearing this and that or what what people think's gonna happen or what people think caused whatever, you know, and it's just like it, it really like freaked me out for it didn't freak me out, but it it boosted just the level of thought that I normally would do in a day times a million. I my thoughts just went through the roof, you know, who knows. So anyways being a ex smoker of I don't know how long I smoke. I smoked cigarettes for 20 years. Um, I smoked two packs of cigarettes a day. I was a daily cougher. I mean, I had a hard time going for a run or anything, you know, I had a hard time rollerblading, snowboarding, any of that stuff, you know, I was a heavy smoker. So, you know, there's that that aspect of this is like, ah, you know, this is a respiratory issue. And so there's, there's those anxieties happening. And then there's My, uh, my parents, you know, um, my dad's in his 70s, you know, I I mean, there's those my grandma's, you know, 80, you know, things like that. So, you know, I just have a lot of these uh, anxieties about going to see my family and things like that. So some of the face melting cannabis that I normally enjoy, and that actually helps me get through the day, and, and usually helps alleviate stress and anxiety is not helping during this time. So, uh, I tried one of my high myrcene granddaddies for for a few days, and it was more or less just making me myrcene uh, and the granddaddy kind of helps elevate more thinking uh, in my personality a lot. Also, so that wasn't helping. Switched over to DJ Short Blueberry man, and uh, the DJ Short Blueberry has just enough of whatever terpene is going on in it that it's it's helping alleviate my anxiety, which is really nice because. I really feel like what I need is, is heavy doses of CBD. Um, When I was, I, I, I just ran out of my liquid dropper, but um, when I would drop a little bit of CBD, it would help me out. And I was trying to smoke on some uh, high CBD. Rosaberry is the strain. It's like 11% CBD and it's only like 8% THC. But again, I think it's like, I got a, a
0: pinene or a lemonine in it, or maybe not. It's super high in mercy. With is it? One thing that yeah, it was uh the biggest selling point of it was it was I can't remember exactly the numbers, but it was the highest strain they ever had for Mercy. Really? So you may wanna really? check into that one. Yeah. Homegrown Wonders.
1: See it, it doesn't it. It?
0: Mendo Dope you Mendo Dope actually even made the song about it off the ten pack.
1: <laughs> right on, yeah. Right so on. It, I caught you, uh, one of your what live show, like, number two or three, one of the ones you were, uh, waiting for your guests to come on. You were, uh, rocking out to the Mendo Dope soundtrack, or not sound, CD or whatever, album. Shout out to those it dudes. Had, you too know, there,
0: so many great tunes a lot of people don't know about. I grow some trees. You know, oh, yeah. I'm working on them. I'm working. Yeah, you know, I've got some lines out to Mendo Dope. Hopefully, uh, we get them on the show, both on yeah, I mean, uh, this one and the Sunday show. We, I'm talking to them both and both, so fingers crossed on that shit. Hell yeah! Trees, right? I mean, I, I, love I the like to they grow Plus. like.
1: Yeah, I love when they grew the really really tall, like thirty foot plant, right? And just to like see how big of a st- stock they could get out of it. I I like experimenting and just having plants just to play with too, man. I think it's I think it's fun. I did that this past season just with like some hemp and stuff like that and just trying to see what how stuff grows, you know? How how can you manipulate the plant? What can you do because I mean your indoor space is so finite. You know what I mean? Like you got walls, you have ceilings, you have you know light uh the distance, you got to keep distances from your lights because of temperature and thing. Man, you take something outdoors and you can really go all out man i it's love it's an amazing it plant so cool. i don't
0: think people re- you know understand how resilient yeah. the plant really is yeah and uh you know this time's quite a, a bit i've broke uh you know a nice woody stem to where it was actually broke and and instead of you know cutting it off or whatever i just flipped it back the other way onto itself, you know, so it's just folded over top and that thing will knuckle up just fine and take back off and everything will bend back up. So, man, I, I remember when I was young, seeing people grow outdoors and smack their plants with fucking whipple wall beds, you know, just you know, mid-veg you know, right off around, them, you know, June, yeah, I don't. I don't think that was the reason why they did it. It was just it's more or IPM, less a wiffle ball, of, you know. IPM. Yeah, it, but it, they always had big bushy plants, and I'm sure that had a lot to do with it. But yeah, I've, I've got this one back here. I showing on uh, Sunday that insane that I bent right over there. That's a little project of uh, what will I do there? What will? You, what would you do? insane in the membrane (laughs) insane in the brain i love it dude insane in the membrane from ethos is what that one was and you know i've dogged it i've been dogging it you know i grew both the insane and the I O G O G O, and that one was nice that one was a freebie and that one was just nice. i bought the insane but the I O G O G O was a freebie, and it was really good.
1: I still but can't the read insane. I've been that.
0: dogging well,
1: and so clear without messing that up. I O G O G O.
0: I couldn't do that five times fast at all. Um, but I've been dogging the insane because it's so out of control. It, you know, it just wants to get tall, 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 tall. In fact, I still got that stem. I thought it was like right here. Uh from the last one that things you know six feet tall not no dirt or nothing just the cut cut the dirt a cut from the dirt standing on the concrete next to me it's as tall as I am so I dogged it and I cut it I've cut it so many times in so many different uh, stages eight weeks nine weeks I like neither one of them were even close you know they were super turpy, buds were big but they were not firming up at all hairs were starting to turn red in fact i want to go back to you i've said this a lot you know a bunch of times as a seasoned grower you know i've been growing for 15 years now and i i threw away my i didn't throw away i keep it but it's just for play. My microscope these days, maybe in a newer strain or a test strain, but I got—I know you know pretty much anymore. I don't even need that thing. How I like it, but this is a testament to that. You know that strain. If you were to scope that out at nine weeks, everything was already nice and cloudy, and that, but that bud was wispy. So to keep going, this one was harvested at uh, eleven weeks, and the buds are a lot firmer, Turps are a lot better, and I'm noticing I've got one right behind it that was a little bit more manageable under the LED, and uh, buds a little harder, and it didn't have to go the distance. So uh, right now uh, I want to, I'm going to scrog this one out. And uh, let it go under the LED, I think, is where it's going to go. But I'm going to run it under a scrog, and see what happens. So, I don't know. I was ready to uh, Spartan kick it. But now that, you know, I I bent this one around. I bent not only bent, it was four foot tall. And I bent it all around. And it almost, and I spun it. I kept spunning it. So, it looks like a globe yeah i'm almost uh just making something out of it if anything it's going to be a really really cool structure so i don't know let's see what happens it's i import. used to always
1: mess around with putting like two plants and in, in one pot or like twisting stems or you know bonsai and plants and dude that little that bending your plant in half technique that's totally what i do outside once like july comes around if the plants getting taller than my than my fence i go about halfway down and i just knuckle it right in half man and it, next day it's like eh, half, you know perfect 90 degree out and i get a nice bunch of little tops coming up and usually it'll flower out really nice but that's what i do to kind of keep the sight line off of my neighbors have you ever
0: had a plant where uh You've done the this. I want to call it a stake scrog, where you've noticed the plant is starting to get big. She's not really supporting herself so well. So you like put up four, and then you you know pull her down in each direction. And then from there, you're like, eh, I'm gonna start building the grid. So you start putting them, you know, horizontally there. Yeah. Next thing you know, you've got a whole. You built yourself a whole scrog net out of you know bamboo there and just I've had to do it a few times and it's they worked out really cool every time. Uh, I scrogged the one scrum. out it that's was great. a whole four by four. It was a sour diesel. I still got pictures of it but it was a whole four by four and that's what I did. It, you know I didn't wasn't into the scrog nets or nothing that at the time. I just knew it needed it and that was what transpired. But it was a cool little project.
1: Oh shit, that's that does sound pretty cool. Just a whole bunch of bamboo and just laying on top. Have you ever seen that one type of training technique where they'll just throw a big piece of metal screen right on top of the plant? They won't they won't really oh. do any weaving or anything. They'll just set it there and just let it like smash the plant down. You know? I don't know if Subcool did something like that or not. I know he did work with the metal screens in the pool, but I don't know if that was him that was no, talking about. No, I don't know, but I have top.
0: seen that technique around quite a bit, and I do have a friend that uh, I, I let's see here. I want to go about, about eight years ago, I'd say, uh, before Scroggins was like huge, huge. He was uh, using snow fence. He'd just roll out some snow fence, and I thought, man, that's perfect because they're little squares, and they're actually closer than. A scrog net, so you can actually weave things a lot finer. So, dude, that's the one I thing haven't that tried I it myself. But.
1: I wish, a, I wish I could get some a, a good scrog that had like three inch squares instead of the six inch squares, like a three inch squares. That'd be nice because sometimes you just got a little too many tops, you know, and then you got two tops in the same. thing you gotta like tie them together, and then you're using a whole bunch of whatever you use to tie your plants. Whether it's I don't know Velcro or whatever, but you're using
0: a bunch of them, you know. But um, I might actually try that, uh, the snow fence, because they're pretty good-sized squares. But they're, you know, I want to say they're maybe two-and-a-half, two-and-a-half, by, you know, squares. Yeah, they are. And that would be... You're talking nice. about that orange, like the, the orange and black yeah, stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. just the orange stuff you see in fields and stuff. And uh, I think that'd be awesome for you, like, on the top, you know, once you... Weave them all through and veg. I don't know how it would be to veg through there because I'm sure that would uh block out a lot, but but it sure would add a ton of strength later on, yeah,
1: right? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I I always thought about like the cattle fence idea and stuff like that. It's pretty pretty simplistic, you know, you can get some cattle fence pretty cheap, drop it on there.
0: I'm still on the fence about the scrog, so this is uh. You know, I played with uh, the bamboo thing there a few times, but that was never on purpose. It was just what needed to be done at the time and what worked. What I, but I've done like three scrogs now. I'm on my third. The two were under LED and not bad runs. But so far, this one under the HBS, and uh, I was kind of mentioning it the other day. I didn't give it a full, I didn't veg under there. Basically, I had some tall plants that I was would have normally put in there anyway, but I knew we were going to get extremely out of control. So I just kind of, I like, I guess what you're saying, I threw the scrog net on them and kind of smashed them down a little bit and weaved them through the best I could, but there was no veg time. They were just, a, here you go. And I kind of coached them through as, you know, that first week of flower there. And maybe first week, week and a half. And then once they filled things out, I was like, okay, there you go. And then I threw on a second layer that was like eight inches up. And they're barely hitting that eight inch. And I don't think, you know, I'm 100% positive. If I would have stood them up, I would have did way better. Or maybe it was just the stress of first week being smashed down in flour that, I don't know, but I'm definitely not uh, impressed with the scrog under this HBS.
1: Yeah, interesting. I um, I started. Yeah, it's it's hard to say because sometimes I'll. Uh, okay, so if I scrog, I, I scrog just about every time, but I also stake. I do both. I have a row. Of, I have a row that stays scrogged, and then like a middle row that the plants are staked. That way, I can move the plants around. Uh, can't really do that in the scrog but I can get around both sides, you know. Um, I've been letting my plants veg for like a really long time. I've been letting them get, I don't know, maybe shoulder height, waist to shoulder height on me. And then I'll take them into the bloom space and I won't do any scrogging and veg. I'll just let them get big and, and, and a lot of branches. And then once I take them and I put them into bloom day one, to day, somewhere in the first couple of days of bloom, Sometimes I'll just let them grow for the first day or two to kind of get used to the lights. And then I'll, I'll, I'll open them up as much as I can to like, and I'll, and I'll make the height of the plant about a foot shorter. And then every, every time the plant gets a foot taller, I'll add another scrog and I'll make it a foot shorter. And what I'll do is I'll just, the plant goes like this. I'll just keep stretching it out like this. And weaving like two plants, like basically what ends up happening is the plant that's here, you got two plants next to each other. This plant's, flowers are over top of this plant and this plant's flowers are over top of this plant so you have this like you know crisscross thing going in all directions you know in your quad or whatever um i'll never forget the first i learned to train a plant before i learned anything else about cannabis i was working in a kitchen i was like 15 16 years old uh this this One, one of our like cooks, one of our line cooks, we were back there prepping and he would talk about, uh, he would talk about growing and stuff, talk about like gorilla growing, hucking bags in the woods and things like that. But he would also talk about some of the techniques that his old man had taught him back in, I don't know, like the eighties or something, which was topping. And he told, and that was like the very first thing that I ever learned was just, you know, once you cut that node and he told me like where to do it and everything and i i didn't grow a plant for like another i don't even know man six seven years something like that but i I always had his words in my head about what topping does and this was before any content was really on i don't even youtube wasn't even youtube wasn't even existing i mean the internet was hardly a thing but the uh um Top it and start growing two shoots, you know. And that was once I had my first plant. I was like, I'm gonna top it, and sure as shit, grew two shoots. And I topped those shoots, and I got four shoots, you know. Nice to love just how symmetrical. That was one of the real things that really turned me on to, I don't know, cultivating and stuff like that. It was just how you can manipulate the uh, the way the plant. I'm also
0: digging your fucking grow style, Red. For real, <laughs> that's also awesome. I'd like to uh, to touch on. I see so many people that want to take their entire plant count and just pack it, you know, like in a sea of green in a small area and let it ride like that when, uh, like saying, uh, the wise will let her go a a little bit extra and you can get so much more out of that same count if you're just, you know, a little bit more patient. Me, myself, this is a system I quickly, I'd like to point out, on a 12 plant system okay because i want to try to help everybody out here and how to keep themselves into some uh cannabis and where you to a point where you never ever if you listen to what i'm saying right now have to buy marijuana again or i'm sorry i hate that word you know i i hate it even more i was heard some more history on it and the more and more I hear the history on that word, the more and more I think, man, it's it's, it's tough, man. I still why say am I, I Why say am I still saying
1: like that too, you know? Yeah.
0: But uh this is my system for even a 12 plant grower. How you can keep yourself in cannabis every month. Okay? You listen. This is uh you take your 12 plants, uh, if they're seeds or whatever, I, preferably this system works best with clones or i guess phones so you get your 12 going okay and you uh get them vegging up and then you kind of get them to a decent size and you sacrifice four, and you put them into flour, you know when they're you know a couple feet or not a couple feet but maybe a foot and get yourself rolling okay and then as they're flowering out, and you've got your other eight back, you uh, veg them out a little bit further. And you're now you're getting a little bit wiser, like we're talking about, okay? Now, at, well, 30 days goes by. You take four more of your 12, and you take cuttings from them four. And you get your clones going. And get them ready, because here in 30 days, you're going to pull down the first two. And realistically, them things will barely be, you know, have roots and be legal by the time you're pulling down your four. So you have room. So it's month two. You have four in flower, and you now now flip, flipping your second four you have four more in veg monstering up like we we're talking so now as you're going on your harvests are getting bigger you know you sacrifice that one and it's just to get you by but now your system's rolling so now every month thereafter you flower four so there for my owl preferably running eight weeks strains or less, you are now harvesting yourself four plants. And even a beginner should be be able to, you know, punt four ounces out of that. And you should be able to smoke four, you know. That should be good for most people. Now, if you're a little bit more on point, now you're pulling down maybe two out of them plants. Now you got eight ounces, You know, you see what I'm saying here, Red? And now that you've let the monsters veg up, now you got good quads going. So now
1: you're getting now you're getting now. You
0: have you yourself free canvas in a system of perpetual harvest every month. That that's my that's my system. It might be scaled up a little bit, Red, but that is my perpetual harvest right there. So every every month you will have fresh cannabis of your own supply and enough you should be able to never run out and you know chip some friends with it so that's that's a little system i wanted to point out for uh these you know new growers that are looking just to ditch that bill as well as grow yourself some fine fine cannabis so yeah um I don't I like know where I, I interrupted you there, but I just no. you're to good. You're for good, for man. Keep,
1: keep the conversation rolling for sure. I, um, I, I, I mean, it's an incredibly similar way with the way that I run. Um, right. I just keep plants in vet. I mean, I use most of my plant count for propagation and veg. Um, I'll keep 18. I'll keep up to half of my plant count in flower at a, maybe like a bi month perpetual. And then the other half of my plant count is for moms. And I just hold stock and veg, you know, I'll hold, I'll hold a stock and veg. And if I'm moving four plants in, I'll have four plants that had been sitting there, you know, they're there. I'm not taking clones. The clones had already been taken, you know, for maybe the next two rounds. And it's the same deal, you know, some of the plants and I'll, I'll also, Dependent on strain too, because I won't I'll hold back the plants that grow slower, especially right. Grape ape is one I want to compare it to like the Mac. I mean the thing doesn't grow, it grows an inch every two weeks, you know. I mean, it it might bush out a little bit, but it it doesn't get tall. Um it's it's great strain. I, I love it, you know, it's got a lot of demand, so I like to I like to keep it in the garden, but it's one of those strains where I will hold in veg twice as long as anything else so it just kind of sits under the light for a little while you could say that it's it's taken up that space or anything but that's why i I like to have a bigger veg area you know I, and now that we have like the ability to run LEDs and keep our rooms you know more efficient and things like that it kind of kind of helps being able to uh add an extra light here and there to if you want to have a I don't know a, a what 16 week Veg time for a plant that's only going to get three feet tall. You know, I mean that's kind of sometimes how it is. I mean, the sucker will veg for a really long time. I'll veg it for three, four months sometimes. Um, but yeah, man, I I kind of do the same thing. And then that way you just always have plants that are that are in stock. And what I'll do is if they grow too big and they're going to hit the lights. I chop them in half and I I prune yep. them. But I'm a hydroponic grower. I'm able to do that kind of stuff. If I was growing in like soil and i don't do this outside i don't really grow that way outside um in in like the natural environment but under the hydroponic systems i chop my plants in half i cut them back i cut them really far back i cut them down until almost to where there's only two or three nodes at the bottom of the plant and then from there they they bush back out i do that with the moms i do that with everything um just take off all the leaves sometimes with the moms i don't know people call it schwa or whatever you want to call it the the leaf stripping but i do that with moms when i when it's time to um take clones take some clones and then i'll chop it back even further and then from there they'll come back you know yeah man uh, training plant management it's fun i love it i enjoy it i enjoy seeing like the different like the way that i like to do it is i like to imagine what it's going to look like after i cut it back like i want to say all right there's these nodes here and here and i know that they're going to shoot and they're going to do this this and this and then what can i do after they shoot what can i do three times from now you know i like to really look into the future and like visualize a finished product and you know and then you just have like this little chode of a stalk down there and you just got this massive branches coming out it eventually you know i love that my favorite kind of plants to grow I really want to try to get that going like outdoors. I'd love to get a really nice low scrog or something outdoors, like a nice fill out like a four by eight with one plant. I'm going to try to do that this summer.
0: I just wanted to point out to uh, Jack Greenstock real quick, (laughs) excuse me, that uh, the Pine Valleys is in about week five of flower and looking really good and uh, still looking forward to seeing... What she's got, I've got three more behind, so I've got a little bit of phenol hunt going. I just he asked in chat there, and I wanted to throw that out there. I also but, uh, see that yeah, he'd... these plants are athletes. They're so you know, like we mentioned earlier, you can do a lot to them and see what you know what they do and what's next. I mean, all the way from feming to topping to low stress training to throwing a fence on them to bending the whole damn thing over into a globe just you know they're fun to play with and and, you know they they pay you back i mean they're so super resilient another thing i do in vets that a lot of people won't do is uh i'm a big leaf stripper and all through the whole process anything that's bigger than average has got to go you know i big old hawking leaves to me are just blocking light and sucking up energy yep. and they gotta go but especially in uh you'd be surprised if you take a plant down and that stripped most of the stuff down mm-hmm. and uh it's a good ipm but also it bushes your plants out big it lets time. the light down in every little node in there, every little crotch and lets everything just spill out yep.
1: yeah you know, i'll that, i'll
0: I'll leave the top
1: two leaves. I'll I'll top like okay. Let's say I have five branches. Let's okay, okay that's ten. That's like I got ten branches, right? You know, coming out of uh, off the stalk. I'll top each one of those branches, right? So now you have all your leaves. Then I'll start at the bottom and I'll take away all the leaves all the way up each one of those branches, and I'll just leave the top two. That way, there's something to photosynthesize. But I won't I won't shave the nodes or anything. You know, I'll I'll take away the fans, but I'll leave the little baby leaves at each node i'll never shave a node and then eventually man they're just
0: bushes everywhere man i love it i love it do you and, have a process when you're do you do you have a method to your process when you go uh, yeah and so leafing
1: i do man i i actually uh this is something i i really would love to talk about um like just managing let's say that I'm like i don't know a couple of weeks into veg um what i will do is i'll find like we'll call them sucker branches down at the bottom there's a couple little sucker branches that you know aren't going to do anything and i'll get rid of those but then you have a couple of little sucker branches that are about three or four inches tall and at that point i'll claim a new top and i'll say these sucker branches are going to be my new top now you have the rest of the plants about up here but now i know that if these sucker branches are my new top that's where i want to take the plant down to so now I'll take it down and I'll make sure I have at least a couple nodes on each of these branches that I'm going to cut. And then from there, I'll, I'll do my topping all the way across the plant. And, and I'll start at the bottom and I'll work my way up with the leaf strip. But I, I begin with the branches. And then something else that you can do is you can take yourself a piece of paper and, and use a piece of paper over like can kind of like pretend to see what it's going to look like without that branch there what is it going to look like without these branches and if you do that you can kind of avoid taking away a prominent branch you actually want like you're like oh i'm just going to get rid of this sucker and oh shit i should have left that one but use the paper tech or you can use your hand or whatever you know but it's a good it's a good like mind fuck if you will to try to not destroy your plant i suppose but then i get rid of almost like you said man almost all the leaves i'd leave like the top few and then from there give it a week and it's coming back twice as many leaves twice as many tops the whole nine man and then all those little suckers are now tops and you can probably top those and restart the process over again and i do that about every three to four weeks depending on how long the plant's going to veg I mean, three weeks in veg, is you're getting a big plant. So, you know, if you're holding them in, like moms. Moms are the perfect example for, like, holding a plant in stock and having to do this technique with. So that's why I say, like, three or four weeks. They get big by then. And by then, you're probably already able to take more clones. Your clones have already rooted, and that's pretty much the cycle that you can stay with, two to three weeks. All
0: right. Now, let's uh, forward a little bit here, if. Yeah. I'm looking for your method towards uh deleafing, say like week three of flower.
1: Week three uh, flower?
0: Yeah. Is there a method to your math I know I have a method, that's why I'm asking and I'm curious to know <clears throat> if there's a mindset I, I did, like
1: I don't do a full you strip go in flower. I try to No no no, things.
0: I'm not talking about a full strip, but uh just a general de I, I like to like week three just go in there and uh again pull off all mm-hmm. the bigger stuff but again mm-hmm. there's a little bit of method to the madness there and I'm wondering if uh if you delief right around week 3 and if you do it there's a uh, where you, where are you pulling from and uh you know okay. where and why let's put let's ask them.
1: yeah um i'm usually doing a majority of delief in between weeks 2 and 3 so somewhere between 14 21 days and then from all the way through the rest of the, the flower cycle. So the majority of it is like a bottoming or a popping prior to day 14, i I'm um, getting rid of all the sucker branches that aren't going to make it into the scrog even. And if they're not going to make it to the bottom layer of scrog, they're gone. Um, and when I deleaf, I'm taking from the middle of, I'm taking from inside the canopy. If it's, if it's in the top foot of the plant, I'm probably not taking a leaf. If it's in the bottom foot of the plant, I'm probably taking as many leaves as I can. And if it's in the middle third of the plant, I'm selectively taking leaves depending on what's underneath that leaf. If there's a branch that wants to come up through that leaf and it can't because the leaf's inhibiting it to get through, I'm going to get rid of that leaf. That way the branch can come up. If, um, if there's not nothing below it, I'm going to leave the leaf just for photosynthesis. If my humidity is too high, I may defoliate a little bit more. If my humidity is too low, I might not defoliate at all. Um, like, I mean, middle of winter, if I got 30% humidity, I might get rid of suckers and stuff because I want my humidity because I'm more focused on just getting nice, good top crowns um, in, in, in environment sometimes. Comes into play, but usually I don't have any issues with humidity being too low in my flower rooms because there's just so much. You know, plants are massive, so they're I'm I'm dehumidifying for the most part. So I'm pulling leaves, do majority of my stripping between those, but I mean the big important thing is getting rid of like sucker branches and just little things that are gonna either be inhibited by something else growing or allowing it to grow stronger. And then after I will selectively pull leaves, you know, throughout the entire flower cycle, just every time that I'm in there, if I see something that's over, over a flower site or something, and you know, that it's going to, you ever have like, you got a bud site here and you got a leaf that just kind of sits over top of it for a couple of days. And all of a sudden you're like, what, I don't know, day 30 or something. You got real nice white hairs on every single crown in the garden, except that one has brown hairs because that leaf was sitting on top of it try to avoid that you know um because that that plant that that bud's not gonna grow well anymore you know it's already done in its mind you know it's not well can i pause
0: let's let's pause red right there and can i like give you my process so just for uh yeah dude go ahead you know comparison and uh, critique purposes you know, maybe I'm doing something right and you may agree or maybe you can point out a reason why I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing. But I guess that's, you know, part of the show and to learn and teach. Yeah. Whatever. It's Learn to look. I guess the whole reasoning of the show is just like, you know, learn your journey and then hopefully pick up a little bit of cannabis uh, on the side, I guess. But mainly to learn the, the other side of, you know, there's so many of us people that step in front of the the camera and jabber cannabis, cannabis, cannabis. But I'm sure there's people that wonder, you know, what the fuck are they doing when they ate, you know? And I wanted to get a little bit of that in and, you know, our way, our, our cannabis knowledge as well. So we've, my process of I've started my flower. <clears throat> uh, I let them go week one. Week two, I like to go in there and uh, lollipop a little bit, clean them up, clean that bottom up, aerate everything. Uh, I like everything in that lower area. I don't like anything a fist from that main stock, any branch, any nodes, anything. I don't. I want that whole system as airy as I can, all the way up there. You know, to where, where you should leave it alone. The bottom should be as airy as you should get. So that's week two. And then week three, this is why I'm curious about the defoliation and my method to my mad, madness here. Is week three, I go in there and uh, okay. <clears throat> uh, week two is to, to go in there and clean it up and aeration and to cut off the branches. And at that point, I'm giving the, the plant a little gas pedal to send that energy up a little bit, okay? And then so that gives the plant about a week to shoot all of its energy upwards. And then around, you know, I'm not saying I'm, you know, right on it. It's day 21. Got to get in there. But right in that third week area, I'm in there de and I am pulling down again, anything that's bigger than average. I am focusing on any, a branch, no doubt. You know, that's from the stem, even on the branch. If they start to branch out, I'm snapping off every one of those because at that point in my mind, and I'm looking for opinion here, uh, I don't want that branch growing no more. That branch, I want to terminate the growth in that branch at that point. And I want it from week three, three and a half on. I don't want that energy from that leaf going to making that leaf bigger. I don't want that leaf in turn making my branch, that energy going into making my branch bigger. So I, I, I removed that, and I believe in my my, my, my process that uh, I am now sending that extra energy from the root ball and everything that's coming up into my bud sites to, uh, you know, supercharge them areas. So uh, thoughts on that, and then uh, please pick up, you know, what are we about mid-flower at Red's? I'm going to
1: agree with everything you just said, because I do, I do, I mean, I, I do some hardcore, uh, lollipop in. I will pull branches that are this long filled with flower sites. I mean, filled with sub branches and suckers and I'll, that branch is coming out of like the bottom of the plant and it's still only getting a third of the way up into the canopy and it's, bending down and it's falling down towards the ground or something and it's not i could i could probably tie it up and i could probably get some larf off of it or something but i get rid of it i get rid of it man i want the airflow down there i want the ipm uh reasons for not having that branch down there i want i don't want to have to defoliate that entire thing because time is also money you know the whole the whole thing there's plenty of reasons to to get rid of, of that like I look at my plant as third, there's two, there's three, <laughs> there's two, there's three thirds to the plant, right? You got the top third crowns, you got the middle third, it's dense, it's humid, it's, you know, the buds are fighting for light, you know, and then you got the bottom third, which is airflow, you know, it's stock, it's, and there shouldn't be anything else down there. That's kind of the way that I like to look at that plant. I do the same thing, man, right? I, I shave those legs, you know, and, and if there's little straggler branches that are coming off the sides and stuff, they're gone. You know, I want I want to focus that energy. And I do that stuff around week three, because what I end up doing is, you know, about the time the plant stops stretching, you know, so I do like a pre lollipop around day 14. If I can manage the garden at that time, I'll do like a pre lollipop. That way I can focus the energy into the tops, you know, into the good stuff. But then I'll also do, like, a, a secondary lollipopping after the stretch and once the buds are really starting to form. But I like to wait until the stretch is over because some stuff just shoots right up and all of a sudden you got something that you might have thought was a, something you wanted to take and next thing you know it's in the top third, you know, and it's going to be a good – after you bend everything down, it's going to be a good, nice, strong branch. So keep it. Okay, but, uh, yeah, let me stop
0: you right there too yeah. and get your thoughts on this. Now let's say you do have a strain that you know I like the insane, that uh, but there's a difference what I'm saying on the insane insane because of the internal spacing. Okay, that's why this one is a good example. <coughs> damn it! It's Daniel hash drawing. I forgot the hell what I was saying. Terrible, terrible host.
1: were you going into like a stretch? Were you gonna talk oh, about Oh yes, sir. My yes, sir. Thank happened? you, Red. Thank okay. you,
0: thank you, thank you, Red. I, I kinda of thought um, we might have been going. What back. are your thoughts about uh letting that undergrowth go till like week three to use it for like a breaking system on the overall stretch of the plant? Thank you.
1: I'm I'm not sure. You know, um sometimes I think that Maybe doing the pruning and the lollipopping might be the factor that might stunt it. Um I think that maybe if you let it go, it's gonna grow faster if you don't stress it, you know?
0: Uh, again, we're but we're uh wise patient growers here, you know. Uh mm-hmm. a couple of days for me in stunt isn't a, a huge thing. Yeah, I've slowed the process down a few days, but you know, I'm not I'm not, it's not a cash crop for me. And I'm not sitting there going, you know, it's got to be done by this day. If nature no, says I, and the plant says, I don't, I it's don't, even go do that. it goes yeah. longer. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's, it's definitely going to be guy. strain specific. It's... Um, I'll, I'll look for flowering. I'll look for like the signs, you know, I like to watch the plant. I like to treat each plant, each genetic a little bit differently also like the grape ape. I don't really do a lot of defoliating on the grape ape. I don't, I'll do it like internal defoliating. Cause the leaves are really huge, but like, I don't do a lot of lollipopping on the grape ape. The plant just doesn't even get that big. You know, I want as much on it as I can and then I'll defoliate the middle of it and the bottoms will fill out, you know, um, I'll, I'll get golf ball size bottoms. So it, um, phenotype, genotype, it's, it's all dependent, man. Uh, I agree. You know, and then if, if you're going to, so the original question, I don't want to drift too far off of it, but like, how can we slow a plant down? Um, sometimes what I'll do is, uh, fortunately I have the ability to change up my lighting or well, not change my lighting, but I can variably, um, give different amounts of percentages of light so I can run my lights at 60% wattage if I wanted to which would be about 600 watts I'd imagine on a thousand watt bulb so I would dial down my lights if I wanted to or you know and I am a patient person so dependent on the strain I don't need everything to be full gas all the time you know I, I run real low EC in my reservoir I I let the plant do the driving you know I don't try to drive the plant, basically. But, yeah, man, uh, there's a couple ways we could probably slow it down. I like like to take that first week off also, man. I don't like messing with the plant. That first week of flower, I just let it do its thing. I don't like doing any pruning. I don't like doing any lollipopping. I might do a little lollipopping. Me neither. That's why I
0: usually go in on week two. I like to see what she's going to do before I get too crazy right
1: right yeah Yeah, see how fast they're gonna start growing when when you put them in that environment or what you know you gotta you gotta learn with each plant you know each plant's different you can't expect this even even if it's the same variety i mean your conditions could be different the atmospheric pressure something you can't even we don't have a gauge to gauge atmospheric pressure in our grower i mean somebody might have an atmospheric pressure gauge that's pretty cool if you do but you know like everything's changes you know and and like once a variable changes, it changes all your other variables. You know, I mean that there's so many things we don't think about, like nitrogen content. You know, we don't think about a lot of things. So, well, I guess nitrogen doesn't matter because we're getting it through the the roots and stuff. I don't even know. I don't even want to go down all the rabbit holes. But there's other variables that change throughout the year. You know, once outdoor conditions change, indoor conditions change, could change the same same plant. You know.
0: Sure. For sure that's another thing uh I don't know I guess we could touch on this has been an awesome interview by the way is uh letting your if plants mature from seed before you let them run I know uh <clears throat> as a tester of many years, I love that topic dude uh i they were my breeders were always down my throat about wanting the you know i'm pictures yay, okay. I'm happy with dealing you pictures all the way from seed popping out to bud. But after that process, if you want me to provide you with, you know, clear data, I want two runs. Mm -hmm. I want to run that plant twice before I even think about running my uh, sample to the labs because, in my opinion, that quick flip, if you let a seed go up to, you know, 30 days, you know, whatever, 60 days and uh, flip it, you will see a lot of its uh, traits and phenotypes, but uh, you'll see a lot more uh, expression on the second round if you've let that plant, that cut mature a little bit more uh, more things come out on the second run and that i feel that's truly then when i should take my samples in and you know i think that's fair enough you know not to rush your results if you want you know true testing results let's you know do it right don't you know make me harvest as soon as i can rush that sample in when you know this it could be it varies it's almost every time second round something else has come to, come out in that stringy form or express itself a little bit later on so that's you know what do you think about that is there do you have you found that in your seed uh pops
1: yeah man, man i um one more time one more time on like like the question there what am I? What am are I you noticing?
0: For? Uh, I can you notice a, a variation? Are you? I notice uh, a difference from my strain if I let it grow it out once, <clears throat> you know, oh, and okay. flip it
1: see what you're within
0: the first okay. round, and then and I then notice the a difference round, between yes. the first round and second round yeah. in you know, phenol expressions and you know, whatnot. Do you, I've, I've had stuff, something you find worse.
1: similar second round i've had stuff get better the second round um i like i like to run things twice i think that if i was a breeder i would want my testers to run it twice i would i would yeah, want that's them the, and yeah, no, the
0: other i guess i would want them to veget- veget, i would
1: want them to veg it for a long time i would want them to like veget for like a short time and veget for a long time i have a feeling that a lot of i have a feeling that a lot of reasons that my plants have hermed in the past was because i didn't give it enough veg time i didn't let the seeds mature because i've also had like the same kind of like strains run a longer veg time and then show sex and i like them to like almost show sex and veg if they can show sex and veg i know that they are ready to go into flower um i've had most seeds that i've popped will show sex and veg um aside from stuff that i prematurely tossed into flower never you know i'm impatient oh they got four nodes on them. let me toss them in a the flower and then they herm on me um i don't know if there's anything to back that up i don't know if that's anecdotal or what it's just a correlation that i've noticed that like the longer that i've vegged it the more stable they seem to be when i do flower them out i get a lot less uh negative results that way but secondary to what y- your original like whole point was um I mean, well, actually, I guess it is primary to like allowing whoever's testing to have enough time to like adequately grow the plant out. I think is really important. I don't think it should be rushed. Um,
0: no, and I feel a lot of these breeders nowadays are so rush, rush. I don't even think most strains are tested. To be quite honest, yeah, I got a feeling they want to get. I think it to it's market. just yeah, it's just yeah. crossed and thrown out there and hope for the best. And I just, why I've got the mic here just for a second, I wanted to point out uh, Grant, Jack's Greenstock has uh, thrown on a good point as well as you added light reduction to slow the plant down. Jack says uh, cooler room, which is a great point I never even thought about, will uh, slow the growth. Down as yeah, well. I wasn't thinking thank you, Jack. You're a cannabis badass. I swear to God. Yeah, no He's doubt. everywhere, always Dude. just dropping that knowledge. And I can't wait for you. Come on, you can't duck me for long, Jack. Please, man. I watched shout out Shredder there
1: because well. he he um he mentioned that Pulse has atmospheric uh, pressure and all kind of dew point and all that fun stuff. So I didn't know that. Shout out to Pulse for that. That's pretty cool. They're up in their game, although when i was thinking atmospheric pressure and stuff this was a long time ago when i was like cranking variables through my head and stuff and then of course you get cranking on a project five years later you don't look at any books or anything everything has changed since i started doing my research how about you man like i i haven't like looked into fans i haven't looked into blowers i haven't looked i've hardly looked into light i mean i'm kind of in the market for like a veg light but i haven't really looked into like new bloom lights or anything in like five years like i feel like like if you're five years behind on like the, the latest like imac or iphone or something like that like you might as well have a flip phone or something you know that's kind of how i feel right now like holy cow the pulse monitors have all of these different things in them and they're just so easy to grab and toss in my room and i had no idea
0: they're nice to have. I'm not there yet. I just got on board with a CO2 meter just to get on board with, you know, documenting things a little better because I was being more present. You know, I've had no doubts in my skills. Uh, I think time and, you know, pictures and whatnot show. I know, what the you know, I'm, I, I'm pretty skilled in what I do. But uh, I wanted to start jotting down notes and uh, being more aware for people that ask me questions. I wanted to be able to tell them exactly what I was doing. So I started jotting down notes, you know, a lot more thoroughly. But I'm not there to where I have a pulse meter taking care of my whole room and all that good stuff. Someday, someday, you know. Yeah, I, I obviously saying, and, i'm doing okay I don't, I'm, I'm not too worried about <laughs> i'm not sure. saying it it's gonna hurt but you know fact, yeah I'm
1: not, I'm not sure how like if i had a bunch of graphs to look at i'm not sure how much more i'd be able to dial things in um oh it would be, be excellent be able if
0: you to, were you know doing the paper
1: i, I did all uh, my tweaking and stuff for the first few days that i had my rooms up and running you know um i'd go in there with the lights off certain Periods, you know, sometimes right after the lights went off, sometime or you know an hour after, sometimes an hour before the lights come on, things like that, and just seeing where all my controllers are at. Basically, I just have everything set to certain parameters, and as long as they're within certain parameters, I kind of leave it. You know, I get a little plus or minus a couple degrees, a plus or minus a couple percents. You know, um, but like I don't have I don't have anything that I can like remotely check what's going on if i'm you know if i'm not in my grow room i have no idea what's really going on in there uh, aside from like video surveillance and or i can check the temperature because my lights have a temperature set in that i'm uh, nanolux technology is really cool uh, all of my lights are set up via uh, like an app and all that i have to do is plug my lights into the wall and then i plug like this usb uh radio signal or Bluetooth signal transmitter into my ballast. Uh, So, this USB basically sends a signal to a wall mounted um, data transmitted unit that's hooked up to Bluetooth and Wi Fi. So, anywhere in the world, I could adjust my lights from 60% to 100%, or I can check what temperature is in the room because there is a temperature probe that comes off this transmission unit. That um, if your room gets too hot, you can set a parameter for your lights to either dim or kill. So you
0: know if I have it so, set
1: to like, if my room goes to like ninety degrees, they dim, and if it gets ninety-five, they kill. So you know if so I have an AC. Can I ask
0: you, uh, what's your weapon in Veg? What's, what's your, my what? uh, what's your weapon in Veg? What's your light of choice? And dude,
1: veg? I'm still on T5s. Um, still on T5s. Uh, I, I want to upgrade to LEDs for veg, but my plan is, okay, I, I'm I, late veg and metal halide. So still in T5 for propagation, baby plants, mother plants are all under T5s. Um I want to say I'm only running, giving them like 150 watts on a two by four. Not much. I used to have like 300, 350 watts coming out of four bulbs or eight bulbs, but I've knock the heat in the room down to only running four bulbs on each two by four tray. So I think I'm only getting like 150 to maybe 200 Watts of T5 on each tray. But, um, under my late veg, I'm doing 600 Watts of metal halide per a three by three. So I get about six by, it's more like a six by eight space, six by 10 space that I give four 600 watt metal halides. Again, using NanoLux ballast, I have these dual ballasts hooked up. These are not hooked up with the Wi-Fi or anything, but what they have is dual 600s. So I can have two bulbs coming off of one ballast. And then each of those bulbs can be adjusted with a dial. Three different percentage ratings on there. I think it's like 50%, 75%, 100% with each, each dial, which is really nice, man, getting two 600s off of one ballast.
0: For me, myself, it, I switched over to LEDs a long time ago for veg. Uh, I was vegging under the metal highlight, and, you know, you can't go wrong for you vegging know, under the metal highlight. But then uh, I had T5s. I That's where I started, I guess. I started with the T5s. I switched up. And, you know, as I moved up to the metal highlight, and then uh, invested in some LEDs, and uh, started to use the LED, and I went, "Wow, okay." And Those were like the crappier, L- you know, eBay ones, but I was uh, definitely noticed the difference. So I stayed with the LEDs for a long time, but I uh, I had banks. <laughs> of uh you know the eight eight ball pictures, i had a stack of them laying around and i thought man you know, i'm gonna bring them back and uh, i did actually i brought them the t5s back and uh, you know power veg bulbs which were you know nice Next, they were pretty expensive and they worked really well you know more heat more or, uh, more power, you know, a little bit about, you know, comes along with the Cadillacs. And uh, I was like, yeah, so they went back down. And then uh, recently, again, I was like, well, moving things around and stacking things. Up. So I busted out, them, busted them out again just because they I was upgrading and moving things around. So I pulled out the old-style LED bulbs, and uh, my, one of my sponsors is going to kick my ass here. But he he's refusing to kind of come on anyway because of the title of the show. But uh, so I uh, initially – well, I guess I can because of the phase of the story, I guess. Uh, I initially busted out the T5s, and then I went to – I was shopping for new bulbs. I was going to replace them, you know, with just, you know, Home Depot. You know five bulbs, different spectrums, and I happen to notice these uh, Philips LEDs, and these things are only like ten bucks a piece, and you can get them in multi spectrums five. I I, I mix mine between three and five K on my light. You know every other one, and so that makes a whole new fixture for eighty bucks, and They're like averaging four K. Yeah, and it's Might as well uh, it, be
1: averaging thirty-seven.
0: It, it, it veg is awesome, man. My plants are super happy out of it; bushes them out. But then again, I have picked up a sponsor over the years, and uh, I have noticed that if you're willing to pay a few extra bucks, you know, just like the power veg, you know, I don't know what his runs for exactly, but at a grow store, I know they average for about thirty. But man, if money's coming out of my pocket, they are too.
1: Yeah. So you know I, I tried doing that. the math on what it would cost me to convert, and it was way more than, you know, half of what it would cost to like buy a new Fluence or something. I was like, ah, I might as well just buy a new Fluence at that rate.
0: So you know? it was everything, you know, T5s were always nice because they were, you know, a little step down from the HPS, you know, on power, and, but they were still great for veg. So now, you know, replacing them old T5s with the LED, you know, T5 replacements. Now I cut that power in half again, cut the heat in half again, and I'm still twice as happy because these bulbs are only running the home. I'm not going there. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) You know where I got them things. Uh, Them things are only pulling 24 watts. Instead of the fifty that a T5 would pull, so I now know, you cut that you. down to that's two hundred fifty for uh, my eight fixture, hmm. and uh, plants are kicking ass under that two by four. And actually, you can get a little bit more, you know, as well as a, you can spread that out and twist around your plants. Be heavy, you know, happy. That could be easily be a three by five uh, that you know two by four light can hold, you know, buds under.
1: Yeah, I'm almost in the market for new bulbs for my T5s also, and I pay about ten bucks a bulb. I might have to step up that. there.
0: Yeah. yeah, you'd be happy.
1: Yeah, definitely. the The option that I was going for, um, I was gonna upgrade to LED in my veg space. So I veg at a different location that I had my propagation at. I'm closing down my propagation. I'm trying to get everything out to my warehouse. Um, I don't want. I don't like having plants in two different locations or anything like that. Um, We're trying to just get all paperwork and everything together at the same, same one location. Uh, And that's including propagation and everything. I want to get my moms out there. I mean, it's going to be kind of scary having my, my genetic stock, you know, in a a different location than where it has been. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's about upgrading everything and, you know, it's a bigger space. I'm going to be able to actually let my mother's adequately grow and things. So, LEDs, where I might actually reconvert off of the metal halide, also uh, progressively as I can in the future, uh, and, and upgrade to you know LED there as well. I really like to do that. Um, just try I won't to, regret LED. Yeah, man, just try to upgrade the efficiency, and then eventually into bloom. I, I don't know. I'm I'm really liking the results from the double endings right now but I'm hearing some really great gram per watt numbers with uh, certain LEDs. And I don't know, I might have to think of some, some things. I know that there's some LEDs that I can hang at the same distance that my double-endeds are at um, that you can hang like four or five feet off the plants. So I'm, I might be looking into something like that because I don't think I can get away with doing vertical stacks in my room. The way everything's set up in my room, I got a lot more square footage if I utilize the floor because I got so much stuff actually hanging from my ceiling. I got all my blowers and everything up on my ceiling that I couldn't even do
0: vertical stacks in my rooms. So Is uh, is that something you're more interested in is vertical stacks?
1: Well, it's, I was thinking about how to get, how to get more. Yeah. Like how to get more square footage or whatever out of my room. But so basically if I, if I limited it to where I did the vertical stacks four. if I could get like, I could probably fit four, four by fours in the middle of my space. Whereas I can fit nine four by fours or I'm sorry. Yeah. Four, four by fours vertically would be eight four by fours in the middle of my space. Wow. Or okay, I can do now. nine four by fours all across my floor.
0: Right. I'm actually so in the next
1: four by four. It sounds
0: like LADs perfect for you. And it, in a, a set up like that. These T5s, especially if you had a bunch of them laying around to experiment with. Do you have some old units you could experiment with? No, I mean I would, I would
1: after I convert, but not right now. I'm I'm uh, propagating under everything that I
0: currently because um, I'm I might I know I'm looking at at least one of them right here that I could uh, easily gift you.
1: Yeah, but, uh, I wouldn't be able to fit anything like that in my bloom space right now. My bloom space is pretty
0: dialed in, if you will. Like, I can't really... Well, what I'm... I'm running a, a test a test flower of... Uh, under the T5s. And now I guess I will name drop hmm. them because they supply. <laughs> uh, the Active Grow LED company supplied me with a couple of T5 units. Uh, mixed spectrum, red... Uh, different colors of whites and uh and i am the first time they they flowered well i did a scrog under it and it did well and, you know I, exactly what i expected because i could kept, kept them you know nice and close but i grew some big monsters this time and i thought that undergrowth and everything it would have been you know larfy as hell but man i'm really surprised they, they're coming back you know they, uh, I'm surprised what they did this run, but I, no, in particular, if you were looking for a vertical stack process, no, that's and- the thing.
1: Is I'm not, I'm not looking for vertical. I'm, I'm actually, I, I, I would get less square footage if I went vertical because I, yeah, I have too much stuff on my ceiling. My heaters are actually on my ceiling. I have, I have, uh, coil heaters that hang from my ceilings, and I have, uh, I have a giant 14. Oh, god, man, my, my blower's. Six feet long when you add the filter to it forty forty eight inch filter i mean that thing's like twenty four inches in diameter alone um big ass max fan fourteen inch max fan with a giant uh carbon filter that hangs from my ceiling but my lights i'm i'm not really going to be moving my double endeds um i don't i'm not going to be able to afford converting my entire space into a uh into a led I would have to do it like one light at a time right um and uh and to do that, all my double ended are buckled to my ceiling. So I need to have LEDs that I can basically buckle to my ceiling or else I'm gonna have shadows all over. If you know LEDs are hanging lower than my double ended, they're gonna be hitting shadows and stuff. So I'm trying to avoid a bunch of that stuff. Um right now I have six lights in a space retrofitted for nine. So I haven't changed my canopy size. Canopy size is still the same. I just have space that I could add lights, but they have to be buckled to the ceiling. That's the only problem. Not really a problem. It's just, uh, you know, just something that I just, the, like the idea is there. So I'm trying to like get to it. I don't really want to drift off of the idea or else because everything's kind of been, um, what would I say, uh, retrofitted for that, you know, all of the construction and everything the way I, every, all my mounts and everything are set up i don't want to have to redo anything yet i'm not in that phase <laughs> it's like phase five when i have to take out put oh, plug what in i've
0: seen in that garden man it's on point so i wouldn't be rushing any uh upgrades I, i'm not
1: man. yeah i'm not i'm just trying to trying to get whatever i can out of it for right now i don't i don't need to add more light in there i gotta i mean i got a full canopy Oh no,
0: it's beautiful. You were yeah. showing it off. The, you know, what was it last week? On this, not this week, but the week before, it, and I, I think I even said, man, I don't even know how I can, you know, follow that update with my garden after you, you know, that was beautiful.
1: Thanks, so, man. You know, you, I, I appreciate it. You're on it. point.
0: Well, I love all your great advice. You know, it
1: was a uh, big project. I mean, I, I worked. On those rooms a lot I worked on that facility for five years um well four four years technically I'm going into my fifth year, but I've only had plants in there for eighteen months maybe a little bit longer than that only in one of those rooms the other room I, I had to build and it's just been a, a crazy expensive project you know it's been every every dime that that i i mean i owe I owe a ton of money <laughs> it's basically why i can't buy anything i'm just in debt the labor of love though yeah it's it a labor really of love is. you know so so that's that's like the biggest thing is like i can't just say oh i'm gonna take this next crop and uh and whatever i make off of it i'm gonna be able to go buy a whole room's worth of lights i can't because basically all, everything i make off of anything it all goes to uh i have people to help me invest and all kinds of stuff so you know i basically pay investors and all of that so you know, and myself back, you know, I took out a heavy chunk of like an old 401k that I had and put on it and stuff. So, yep. And I lost my ass buying air conditioners. I, I, I spent uh, a good hefty, like, I don't know however much you want to say two brand new five ton mini splits with 10 heads LG would cost. Uh, So I have all that laying around that I need to sell, you know, so if anybody knows yeah, anyone who wants minis, you're an uh, amazingly
0: diverse, stuff. amazingly diverse guy as well, man. Uh, I know off in uh, different chats it might have been off air, or uh believe yeah it was off air with Bolt that we talked, and uh, you told me other fields you worked in, and uh, hats off, man. That's that's some uh, cool shit you've done in the past, and, yeah. Really, really cool. Yeah. Thanks, man. You're, you're, um, you have a lot more depth than uh, you show a lot depth. But, man, there's thanks. so much. Uh, it just, like, keeps – it's a, such a good book that just, like, keeps going, brother.
1: <laughs> I appreciate it, man. I I mean, I can juggle, too. I don't know. I'm just joking. I, uh, I, I'll I, tell everybody I do. I have a license in maintenance or in mechanics. I'm not going to go down what, what field it is just because, uh, you know, this – but uh, I'll right tell you on. privately, you know, the field and everything. But yeah, I have a We talked about it, you told me. But, yeah. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right, yeah, so I don't want to, I'm pretty sure I still hold that license, so I can't really
0: Nice. About it. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, it, that's, that's, I know you don't want to talk about it, but man, when you told me that, I was like, I never even seen it coming. But, and I But Very respectful. I thought that was super <laughs> cool. That's that's. That's just not shit anybody can do. You know, man, so, that field
1: work doesn't take Kindly to uh, free-spirited people who like to medicate with cannabis. So I, I opt to pursue employment in this this field because I think that mind and spirit is a lot more important than financial gain. Um, personally, I just you have... No, Red, of-
0: I'm not ashamed to say that every job that I've taken, my whole career path I've chosen because I can still use my cannabis and you know, yeah, make my living, and I've made a great living my whole life. Being able to to use cannabis and make my living, to turn around just and make my living. Well, I don't make my living at it, but uh, to use it as medicine and to be a caregiver and to help so many other people out is amazing. You know, just like you, I, it's a great story to hear that you know, you found a medication that helps you out so much. And then you turn around and you can help so many other people with the same thing that it's like such, it helps you on so much, so many more levels than just a medicine, you know, it spending does, man. time with the plants very therapeutic. And, you,
1: know. you know, it's one thing when a stranger has an ailment or something that you're able to help, but when family, when family comes to you and they're sick with, you know, chemotherapy treatments and things like that and you're able to help them with something that you grew something that you literally made it from almost nothing from somebody else's maybe ideas that you learned from uh, you got some seeds you got you know some stuff like that but I mean you 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 do a lot of it with your own hands you know you do a lot of it with your own inspirations and things uh, with your own love and personality goes into it and I mean it 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 means a lot when when you can help even if, even if it's somebody who just like, they want, you know, a patient needs something because they, they can't sleep at night or just anything, no matter what it is, even if you don't, I mean, a lot of people that I don't know, you know, and that they're, they're patients and you, you have an early relationship one of them was like a neighbor. I didn't really know him, you know, but like, I knew him like through my parents and things like that. And he had an issue where only purple cannabis could help and it was like uh a, a, i don't know if it was a sp- eye spasm it was like muscle spasms in his eyes and they were so bad that he he couldn't see when he was dry so uh like um something that was a uh, heavy sativa or something would actually make the spasms worse but like he found relief in purple cannabis which um it I was really into like just purple cannabis and stuff like that prior to it, but something along those lines on why that, that helped that specific thing kind of held me dive deeper. And then just, you know, nutrition facts about antioxidants and anticyanthins and things that are just in purple cannabis got me into, into that, but that's all secondary. But like the medicine is just whole plant, man. And, And I've like, back to the beginning of our conversation, when I was talking about like a lot of the things that got me into cannabis, this is pre getting high off of cannabis. I was into cannabis because I thought that it could like be woven into clothing and be used for it. Like one of the statistics I heard was like a acre of, of hemp can make uh, what seven acres of tree can make and paper and things. And I'm, I'm a kid and you know, they're, they're pushing reduce, reuse, recycling in my head at the same time they're pushing the dare program. And I'm like, fuck the dare program. Like, ha- like there's, there's one huge attribute to this that like could fix this whole reduce, reuse, recycle thing. Like, why are these things clashing and it all has to do with like freedom of opening your mind. You know, it's amazing. Like we're repressed from being able to use cannabis because they don't want us to be able to freedomly open our mind. Like the only thing that cannabis is good is bad at, at what it does to you. Is it like, broadens your horizons you know you could say that it, i mean cannabis i've never been like fucked up off of cannabis right man I've, I've gotten sick off of alcohol i've done real stupid things up you know taking pills and like all kinds of dumb stuff man i mean there's there's legal stuff i mean if you wanted to get high off a of nutmeg you could get high off a of nutmeg you know it just it's funny that cannabis is repressed the way it is and it has nothing to do with its safety profile because there's so many, so many things that you can, dude, I got into a car accident when I was a 14 year old kid because the driver was doing whippets. You know what I mean? Like 16 year old kids doing whippets, right? Where'd we get? We got the shit from Meyer? We went to Meyer and got whippets at 16 years old, you know, and I don't condone any of that stuff. We got, into, we had a telephone pole. If the telephone pole wasn't there, we would have been in a living room of a house and and I just, and I just, I get kind of like worked up in this um, it, when I start, when I start talking about like cannabis is repress. I mean, it's, it's a textile dude. It's something we can make clothes and we could literally save uh, CO2 levels with and all kinds of stuff. And here we have things that are easily accessible by the youth to go in and wreck their brains on, you know, but, but the focus is this green herb that you can grow and, Stuff that's out there, and you know, it's it's a matter of understanding, I I guess, uh, knowing what's out. You know, a lot of people just could potentially help society, and it leaves other things just available for nobody being educated on. You know, so nobody gets educated on any of this stuff, and and that's how kids end up in getting running into telephone poles at the age of 14 and 16 you know what i mean it's and and what we should be doing is not criminalizing people but educating people you know so anyway that's that's my rant on that you know i don't want to go too i'll just send a real deep rabbit hole on that one so
0: a great book for people who's uh interested in learning um things to do with cannabis other than growing in and medical uses is the emperor wears no clothes by Jack Herrera in that book he kind of chronicles all the many many uses that of the cannabis plant that's uh there's so many like you just kind of led to an old many uses of the cannabis plant besides uh medication and the simple textile use I mean there's plastics it can be I don't, even want to, I don't even want to go down that road, but it would be a great uh, subject for like a Sunday show, just like a challenge for each one of us to go out and uh, see how many uses we could find for the plan and uh, bring that to a Sunday conversation. I You're totally would be, right. I, that's I, like I a four-hour-long
1: topic, man. Yeah, Easy.
0: yeah, marathon Easy. topic there. And it would be really awesome nice. to... Uh, to make people aware of you know all the shit, so yeah, I gotta make sure. Uh, to, or me, you, whoever but we gotta make sure that gets flipped up. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, man. Uh, well, I agree. Yeah, that that'd be a great topic for uh Sunday show.
1: I mean, it's just the like the one you the okay. So the thing, there's a thousand uses, and the one thing that keeps it repressed is that it gets you high. You know, I think that we can, we can regulate the getting high portion of it. You know, we can, we can figure something out. Right. I mean, yeah. So you can get high. So let's, let's call it, let's say there's a recreational aspect to it. Let's say there, that's a medis, medical aspect to it also, you know, but All right. let's, let's not deviate the fact that there's so many, like the good outweighs the bad. So, I mean, if you want to say that getting high is bad, so be it. That's personal opinion. I don't think getting high is bad. Some people do. They don't understand getting high. So that's fine. Let them think that. But I mean, you have to say, it, like, there's some good that outweighs the bad. And if you know what, keep an eye on your kids. Don't let them get into it. You know, a lot of people have liquor cabinets just the same, and nobody's throwing a stir because there's a liquor store available. I mean, they're down the road. It's oh, very man. easy to pull a hey, mister, at the age of 16.
0: I'd they're seen. you 20 that, bucks.
1: Give me a six pack. <laughs> okay. I'd I mean, seen the other season. day,
0: Red. It disgusted me. It totally, totally disgusted me it was um, a billboard up here that had a fucking, it was a marijuana leaf and a lock. And it says, make sure your cannabis is locked up. And I thought, oh yeah, the cannabis is going to, you know, and again, I'm not, you know, saying it kids, it's okay for kids in any, any rate, you know, it should wait for later in life. But Out of uh, the many, many things that are in medicine and cabinets and laying around, I think cannabis would be the last thing that I'm worried about, you know, kids getting a hold of and hurting themselves with. I thought, what a joke, you know. What about, you know, where's the gun sign? Where's the, you know, lock the pills up because, you know, all these medicines are killing, you know, all these kids and stuff yeah no no let's start right away bad mouth and the marijuana like it's, it's it's crazy man
1: the i i went to i lost three friends in the course of well i went to two funerals in the same week that i quit smoking cigarettes um i lost a third friend a couple months later uh, all, all the fentanyl um
0: yeah i just i've lost two this last year from fentanyl that I never even knew where... That. that was a factor in their life. I never even knew that. I never right. even or you, you suspected never it.
1: Right. right, right, right. Yeah, yeah.
0: And it was um, so sad. And, and you know, I
1: mean... And now I think about that. Like, I had my own things where I was popping pills and stuff like that when I was younger. I mean, that could be me, man. You know? And so I think about that kind of stuff. And that's why I say cannabis has totally saved my life on many aspects, many different... There's no way that I, I would... Um, eh people say, ah, oh, well, you know, maybe if you weren't smoking weed, you wouldn't have been hanging out with those people. And, but yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe I would have still been hanging out with those people. It doesn't matter. It was, maybe I still would have been rollerblading and then still hanging out with those people. It didn't, wouldn't have mattered had, if I had been smoking weed or not. You know, so I look back at it and I think that weed kind of was the saving grace. Um, I, uh, man, it's, it's crazy because – I also have family members that have uh, been in um, I have like had other things happen, you know, and they got put on opioids at a very young age um, in their teenage years because they had like uh, organ transplants and things. Um, and then, um, you know, it's it's amazing what what they would prescribe to uh, to kids because, uh, you know, a, a addiction occurred after that, you know um that just it's crazy man it's really wild i'm I'm fortunate to still have those family members around to be honest with you because uh that that was a wild ride uh especially now with fentanyl and just about everything you know so it's scary man that's why uh i i i'm like i still take like all the like i was talking about like the Uh, how I still have the embedded in my head about the addiction resistance and training and stuff like that. I mean, I still think about that stuff going to those old NA meetings and AA meetings and all that. I've I've been, I've sat down with people at AA and NA. I mean, people have it really hard, man. Really hard. Addiction is a crazy thing and you don't really see that with cannabis. You see that with a lot of substances, not cannabis.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I've lost a lot of family to opiates, a lot, a lot more than I could even go on the air to even talk about my mother, for one. And it's, I don't even like to take aspirin to this day. I take vitamin supplements, but uh, no. The whole the same way,
1: dude. I'm like terrified of. Sad to one way. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's crazy. It, it like, does something to, you know, like I won't take ibuprofen or anything like that either. I it's weird. It's crazy. Anyway, man, not to, not to drown the, or or turn into a downer of a top ego. Hey, I'm really sorry to hear that also. Um, about that, about your mom, man. That's, uh, that's, I'm really sorry to hear about that, man. Um, but I definitely don't want to, uh, turn this into a negative you know i don't want to definitely i definitely don't want to keep keep it in the negative zone so i want to uh, bring it back up um and and like focus on how like i i think that cannabis especially like gassy cannabis og style cannabis has really helped a lot of people kick opioid addictions which i think is uh the plus side you know what i mean um, I, I think that there's a lot of people that are kicking opioid addictions with cannabis. It's a great thing, man. Great thing. I had a dude who, uh, who like made fun of me for smoking weed and he was like, Oh man, you're still getting high off weed. We're taking pills now. And now the dude's like, you know, <laughs> in jail. So I'm good getting high on weed, man. Hopefully he's good too. Eagle, your picture's frozen, so are you still, am I still with you? Am I still with you there, brother? Oh, I can hear you. Okay, I can hear you.
0: I just can't see you, but that's okay. Okay. Uh, If you can see me, Red, I don't. My side's froze. Oh, am I frozen on you? How about chat? Chat, are we still live with you guys? Damn it. It's such a good show, too.
1: Yeah, we're still rolling, I think. Let Let me see if I can pull up my YouTube here and see if we're still on. I got so many damn tabs open, Eagle. I see red. You are live. All right. Jack Greenstock commented, we are still live, Eagle. So we're still good, man. I, and and b- by the way, Jack, uh, yes, my dare teacher was also the uh, the local cop. And, uh, and he got a brand new Mustang, too. That was kind of cool. He, he came up in a brand new. I think it was like a 19. I don't know what year it was, man. Like 1996, six something like that. 1996 Mustang, brand new pretty cool good old pd mustang yeah that was our dare officer
0: let's see here uh they say no eagle video can you guys
1: hear eagle talk uh, he says he's, he's got your audio eagle you there All right, chat, I apologize. We're apparently having a little bit of a technical difficulty at the moment. But I have a feeling that it should come back here in just a second. He's gone again. He's gone. Anybody like Grateful Dead? That's a good song. He's gone. I'll tell you what, I'm going to hit this blueberry here a couple times. And let me see if I can catch Eagles, see if we're going to restart this or not. Eagles internet might have gone down. So Dr. Dangenstein says that he can still see, see me. Uh, let me see here, guys. I'm going to. I'm going to try signing off or something, and maybe doing a reboot. See what Eagle's got going on on his end. And if we don't end up coming back, are you there. Oh, there he is. He's back. Okay, cool. Thank Eagle. God.
0: There you Thank are. Thank you, Red, for Fucking hold me in yeah no sweat man i was
1: uh, i was was here with chat for a second your picture's still frozen but i can hear you which is cool
0: um i started to lock up i'm crazy on my end it's all right i got i got chat singing he's gone by the
1: grateful dead yeah i'm here so that we got it we got oh yeah uh let's see here um yeah, I mean, your your pictures your frozen, but that's cool, man. Your, your voice is coming through loud and clear, so I think that we're great. I almost My just Zoom did a sign-off to see respond. if we were going to do a reboot. Uh, you got a not responding going on?
0: Yeah, it says not responding. But just in case, you know, things made it enough and keep going. <laughs> <laughs> what
1: was that, man?
0: I, I, I'm gonna. I, I want to thank you. just in case we drop. I want to yep, yep. just thank everybody for tuning in, and uh, this has been an awesome episode. Hope let, let's hang in and let's see if it comes back. It's spinning. It looks like it's coming back. So
1: yeah, I'm cool. I don't know I'm what cool. happened.
0: Everything cool. just locked up, and I couldn't even move my mouse or anything. I was like, oh man, this has been such an excellent episode, and of course, it's gonna go to crap. So, this, it has been, this has been amazing, right? I just want, if it, Wait, anything happens to this internet. It's
1: I the internet gods, dude. That. We're telling too many secrets, man. We're talking too highly of the plant, you know. The internet gods it are trying to be, knock the fist down. Us.
0: <laughs> what I, I'm telling you right now, times are F-word fucking very many times. precious. precious commodity. Yeah, that's part of the show, though. Oh, well. Wow.
1: No, I don't um, mean Fuck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> ah um, yeah, time's a super precious commodity and you've gave me a huge chunk of time tonight. I can't I'll ne- that I'll never be able to repay you for it. It's been super great content. So just in case we fall off, I wanna be able to publicly say thank you. This has been awesome. But if we are able to keep rolling then hell yeah. Oh, oh my, there goes my screen. It's coming back a little bit. You might be able right. to see me here in a second. I hope so. I just wanted to you be. You don't on even here. have
1: your eyes open, and and what you're frozen. You're frozen with your eyes closed, so you just look like you're sleeping. And but you're talking. Oh so man, all, talking. every
0: screen just went black. Oh
1: no. Well, Eagle, I want to thank you for allowing me to give you my time tonight because I really enjoyed our session, man. I oh you're moving around on your screen now. There it is. You're live, baby. All right.
0: That's my my
1: computer about. says, well, I don't
0: know what it is. It says, prepare for security options. And oh, now, no, no I, I, I don't you want you to F- sign 15. out. It says, lock, yeah. switch, sign out, or task manager.
1: I'm sorry, dude. I went down too many rabbit holes. We're going to
0: get blocked by the, by the spark uh, with this Network thing. issues. Damn. I tell you what, it's been a fight to do this show, and I want to continue to do it so bad. I'm gonna keep, you know, no matter what happens, I'm gonna keep stumbling until I yeah, guys.
1: This, I, I, we're gonna sit here and bullshit this one out until the until we, the internet totally dies. I suppose. I don't mind. You go. I got I got blueberries still going in this uh, pipe. I'm liking it, man. I feel good, man. Let's see we can all see what red season heres, oh, okay, so it looks like they could also see you sleep talking you're like, yeah. you're moving around now, it looks like uh looks like you're all back to not buffering, so that's cool,
0: yeah, at one point it didn't say low bandwidth, but that sure doesn't explain uh locking up the whole computer like that. Oh yeah, because this has been an excellent episode too. Yeah, your visuals, you guys just—you guys have made this better and better with every episode, sequence, skill ball, and now you. I mean, the rest of the panel is going to have a tough time following this. You know, I'm lucky enough to uh, suck them in. Not trying to do it all at once. I'm trying to uh, vary it a little bit. You know, get one on, maybe get another guest on, get another one on. Yeah, dude, I can't wait to get get every whole panel
1: through. That'd be really – that's really cool, man. I'm excited to hear what everybody's got to say. So far, man, I've really enjoyed all of the uh, conversations that you've had, dude. It's been really Yeah, this one has been super
0: great. Well overdue. It's been well overdue. Yeah,
1: man, I'm glad we got to sit and chat. I'm glad I got to talk about some other things that uh, I don't necessarily – that i didn't necessarily talk about in my interview with uh scobo and sequence uh episode 17 michigan bros grow show uh podcast was the red setter farm episode there uh give those guys a shout out and shout out that podcast if you want to hear uh, oh, i don't definitely. think i repeated i don't think i had any repeat stories maybe i had a repeat story i don't know go back and listen and me uh, know if i did
0: I've got much, much love for the Michigan Grow Show and everybody, everybody associated with it. Not just the people, the panel, and our group, but the growskis that go along with it. They've built uh, a super cool community, and I'm I'm proud to be a little part of it. I'm proud to be, you know, I'm honored to be proud of that group. So. I'm glad you uh, took the time to give them a shout out. I was gonna make sure and give them one at the end, but uh, it's well deserved every bit we give them. Yeah, man, I'm
1: really glad I got tied up with all you guys because uh,
0: I, I met Old Man Hermit Hash
1: uh, about a year and a I don't know a little over a year to, a year and a quarter ago or something like that, and uh, he brought me on with you guys, man. He uh, he was like my connecting link uh, to meet up with you guys. Shout out old man, Herbert hash. I hope, I hope you're out there watching this. Uh, miss you, bro. Um, hope to see you soon. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, definitely thank him for, you know, introducing me to all you guys and, uh, getting me involved, man. Because like I said, I, I wasn't putting myself out there in cannabis. I wasn't, you know, I didn't really care to, you know, I, I still, I don't, I don't really you know, I don't want to be like a big cannabis star or anything like that. I just want to like, so, uh, session and stuff with you guys, you know, I want to have other people in the community to be able to bump elbows with because for the longest time it was just me, uh, and, and a couple of my homies that, that grew and like my, my best friend is like help like mentor me through a few things and, uh, help consult me here and there. Um, aside from those few people, I didn't really have anybody else in cannabis. So this opened me up to like a whole new, like we got all the grow skis, man. We got like, everybody who's going to be following your, your channel, everybody who follows the Michigan bros grow show, you know, and I thank everybody for, uh, for, you know, just hanging out, you know, and being a part of the crew. It's really fun. It's really cool, man.
0: Yeah. I'm thankful that uh dragged me in and, uh, Sequence. I, S- Skillball was the initial one that drew me in. I met him first, and then Sequence, and then uh, everybody thereafter, except for Spartan. I had met Spartan um, maybe a year or two prior at the Hash Bash, and uh, was lucky enough to meet him and his wife there, and so that was an awesome meet. But yeah, it's been an amazing ride with them guys.
1: And I'm not one that like, just kind of put myself out there to people. I, I'm I have like a bullshit meter, you know. If you register on my bullshit meter, I you, you'll never hear from me. I won't talk to you. We won't, we won't do business. You know what I mean? It's not gonna happen. Like, I'm I'm a ghost to a lot of people you know in my past um not no no reason for you know no hard feelings for anybody that you know I might have ghosted accidentally or anything like that I just am one I kind of self-isolate a lot you know I just got a lot of things going on in my head and you know I'm I'm really busy with a lot of stuff so I mean if if you're on that bs meter it's very easy for me to just ghost you so like when i met sequence and like, I felt that he was like an actual genuine person, old man, genuine. Like I actually met, I I saw like real people with you guys, you know, and like uh, being involved in this. So, you know, shout out to all you guys, man, because I, and I'm seeing that also in the, in the crew that like uh, in the grow off and things like that. Like I'm seeing some genuine people and people that uh, like had been on the late session, things like that. Like, it's a good community out here, you know, because this is a community that like for a real long time, it's hard to trust people, you know, you don't know, you, you know, up until a few years ago, you didn't really know what kind of other things people had their hands in, you know, like, yeah, they, they might've been like a, a, a broker in the weed game or something like that, but they might've also like had eight balls in their jacket and, you know, had pills in their pocket and, you know, everybody's shady, you know, so it's, it's, you know, you're always looking over your back and stuff, so it's good to see genuine people that care about the plant, that are into the medicine, that are into, you know, community. Community is most important, you know.
0: Absolutely. There are some, you know, goofy people in there, but in the community, but for the most part, I you know, none but great people in this community for sure. I yeah. love the big events, you know. Talk about uh, feeling a community uh, love vibe or positive vibe, man. There's nothing better than you know. We talked about the Kansas uh, High Times event last night on the show. You know, it does suck. It is corporate, whatever. But I love that bonding experience. You know, all those people together. It's worth the money to me. To you know that. To get out of the car that festival smell you know what i'm talking about oh, yeah. oh, it's yeah. dabs it's yep. flower so yep. many kind man i am i'm surprised my feet touch the ground to the door i'm still that kid you know running right to the door and yeah i don't, I don't know. i'll still go
1: i'll never and, forget and my first I, one man like I went to the Warp Tour when I was a kid. That was like the first festival I'd ever been to. It was at like uh, I don't know, Palace. It was like in Auburn Hills or something. I forget where they were hosting like the Warp Tour. It was in like '98 or '99, and there there was the first time that like I openly saw like bongs and uh, you know all kinds of stuff like that being vended openly at tents and things, and just everybody was smoking grass and. Cops weren't caring, you know. It was one of those scenarios, and I was like, "Man, this is really cool." Everybody here seems real chill. It was really fun.
0: Yeah, I love that uh, great feeling. Now that I'm not on uh, the Rose Show and I can like say more what I want, you know what I'm saying, uh, without sounding too uh, opinionated one way or another. But yeah, my ties to the the high time stuff are a little deeper just because my daughter does work for high times in in, in particular the cannabis cups she work, travels and you know does that and I, not only that I know you know three four or five of her friends that also work there and you know I have a couple other ties there so I'm a little lenient to the whole high times thing but yeah just on my own i like to go that's just sincere if she didn't work there and i didn't know people i would still go for 100 for that uh festival atmosphere yeah unless somebody else you know hash pass is the only other free event left that offers that type of festival and even at that it's so um short-lived it's a few hours and then you've got so many other vultures that are piggybacked off at the fucking hash bash cup and you know you know there's a lot of people that have sank their things into that free event too so
1: well that's what I like about diversity you know with with there being bigger businesses it only allows for other smaller businesses to open up so with bigger events to to be there you know it only allows for smaller like Kush stocks and things to open up you know it breeds diversity you know I think it's cool I think high, I think High Times is is sweet, man. They've been around forever. They, you know, they they paved waves with their magazine. I mean, you know, everything from Brickweed, like yeah. yeah. And, and you know, I don't really like I don't you know sell out or whatever. But it's like, I I don't really consider. I don't I don't like to look at things like that. I like to look at
0: like. Uh, it doesn't bother me. I, I mean, well, like it, I, I'll attend a live to, nation like, event. Can't.
1: You know what I mean? I'll attend like a big concert. I'll go see Paul McCartney or the Rolling Stones. You know, the tickets are super expensive and it's super overly commercialized. But there's a there's a reason that I'm I don't want to go just because it's cool. I want to go because I enjoy the experience. If I like it, you know, if it's not, I'm not just gonna like. I don't want to go to that just because I I'm I'm only gonna go to underground things um or only support craft i mean like i want to support everything i want to try to support everything unless there's now if high time gives me a reason to not support them you know if if they start like i don't know who knows what high times could do i, I mean who knows like they're what, whatever yeah. ends up happening you know what i mean like like what kind of bad business ethics that pe- people do open up shop and wherever to a uh, tax evasion or something like that you know then there's a reason for me to want to uh not support them but I'm not going to support somebody for trying to make money or anything like that, you know, because that's that's what we're all trying to do in the end, really.
0: But realistically, and again, I'm not taking anything away from high times. I, I, I enjoy high times. They're, like we said before, they were, you know, something great for us all to look at. They were kind of pioneers. They put their balls out there long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. But to look at the business model i seen somebody in chat that night that uh said that uh, it died the the original vision died when the creator died and the magazine moved on i'm sure I, some i of can that see that went on but yeah. if you look back through the magazine through as long as i can remember there's been some good articles one like one article great article a few great blood shots and then shit tons of advertisements, seeds, 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 right. seeds. So, you know, High Times has been afraid to sell space or make money with their, you know.
1: Well, think about some of the stuff anyway, they've so.
0: advertised in their magazines. I mean, dude, like
1: mushroom kits. I mean, everything. High Times has just been like the ultimate, um, like, clandestine choice you know like the only thing that great, i kicked
0: man. myself about this high times bullshit is i didn't jump in probably what four years ago when they came to the cup and was selling that stock for i think it was 50 bucks i i'm kicking myself now for like jumping in and like you know buying a few hundred bucks of stock or something
1: yeah know? that's pretty wild um i don't know a lot about I, I haven't, like, followed them as far as being public or anything like that, so I don't know a lot about that. Um,
0: I get a lot of emails. Because <laughs> um, partly to do with friends and partly to do with uh, judging being on that list. That's a whole other subject, I guess. Right, at. right,
1: right. Yeah, I mean, as far as, like, their their events turning into, like, big concerts and things, I just think that that's the progression of the way things go eventually you're gonna try to get some big acts to come in and have a big festival like i want to be able to see some of these like big live nation i mean what what i see like i envision there being a lot more of these big high time events but they're bigger i i'm imagining like i'm already seeing cbd booths at like large time music festival like live nation events you know music festival they got cbd booth that's going to be cannabis booths very soon you know what i mean and and that's no different than really what high times is doing except high times only has three acts. This would be music all weekend long and your tickets are going to be 10 times the amount of what a high times ticket is because you have to pay for all of those acts. I mean, shit, music festival alone is like a 200 $300 ticket for the weekend. You know, you're going to pay. I mean, you're going to pay more than that. If it's a cannabis music festival, you know, whether or not it's made by, whether or not it's high times, you know? So I think it's just inevitable. I feel a
0: little better about that. I think Michigan always gets fucked on the guest. They've had a few good ones, but man, now what don't I don't like the, the killer shows like California does.
1: My critique that I do have to a high times event or to any events that do come in to a state that has their own regulations and laws is that they bring they allow out of state product to come in. That is one thing that I and, and now if it was an open market, it would be a totally different story. But right now it's like, it's a state to state market and we're not allowed to ship out. So why should we allow to import? You know what I mean? Let's, let's keep it within the state. That was one of my big reasons for wanting uh, legalization in the first place. We're going to end like the, the, the importing and exporting from out of the country, like for every, like. 10 bucks that we spend on a dime bag here. This is like pre 2008, a little trickle of it's going to Mexico, a little trickle of it's going to Canada or wherever it's coming in from. Right. I want to keep that money here. You know, I don't want our money going over. I want, I want our money fixing our roads and shit. You know what I mean? Let's keep it like that way. You know? So it was one of my like big reasons for wanting legalized was so that it would stop the importing and exporting from out of the country, you know, well until it's like an open market and then it's global, you know, that's a different story. But then we're dealing with, you know, do I want Colombian cannabis? Maybe I want Colombian cannabis this week. Maybe I'm going to order a jar of Colombian cannabis, you know, but that's a different terroir and everything, you know.
0: That's another good or bad argument, I guess. It depends on how you want to be on that fence again. Well, I think it's going to be. I was grateful, you know, people bitched, you know, oh, yeah. And I kind of, I seen it a little bit. People bitched that, you know, they came back in October for the Harvest Festival, and yay third time around yeah a little bit of probably price you know going after the consumer a little bit but in the same aspect how much did it help our uh markets out usually around that time guys like me and you uh you might as well just sit still until christmas time oh yeah the the outdoor you know what i'm saying yep and yep. this year was poised to be. I mean, three years ago was a terrible year. It drove the market. I agree with that severely down to almost where it didn't recover. Yes, I mean, I, agree with I, that. It, it, I was talking about this the other day. Uh, all down. the places. I, I actually had to go to somewhere different because uh, all the people I had drove, they had drove the price back so far. I had to just go start somewhere else to uh, yep. to get things back going again. And that's where we were poised to go this last year with this fall harvest. You know, everybody dipped their feet into it hard, and it was going to be a crushing year. And I think high times had a lot to do with that harvest festival. A lot of them people that would have probably saturated our market went to Detroit and just sold their outdoor harvest hand over fists. To all the new rec growers and the people with yeah. balls that came over from Ohio and stocked up oh, yeah. on the surrounding border states or whatever oh, yeah. It just became legal, right? Uh, where they weren't able to quite get product in their state yet. Oh, I it helped our market. I was kind of thankful for that aspect again for high times. A little bit of you know consumer gouging, but the, the consumers right. weren't necessarily bitching.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that was a, weren't they like weighing people? They were weighing to make sure nobody was bringing in excess and things like that. Also, pretty wild. It's going to be a lot different, too. I'm I'm going to be surprised to see how many big events start happening with uh, it only being limited to the licensed facilities. So I guess that's something that, that's going to come into play. You know, if High Times wants to put up an event, they're going to have to get a permit. They're going to have to get somebody from in-state that has the – what is it? This, uh, not a social consumption license. It's the uh, vending license, vending permit, or whatever the heck it is. They're going to have to find you know, something.
0: <laughs> in a way, they may still be able to get a foothold in the the carnival, I like to call it, the carnival business yeah, of yeah. the Cubs. and That is because of uh, the niche market, basically. Um, all these people that are And I advise everybody for this, you know, to get your micro license before you run out there and get uh, the bigger business license because you'll be able to do all your crafting and in-house, you know, working on the product from head to toe right there legally. And then um, you'll be so... With the micro, the way I understand it, you should be able to do, grow your product, process it all the way from A to B, even if that includes extracts. And then on that same facility, you could open up, say, a dab bar out front. <clears throat> okay, now, even with that licensing now, if high times were to come into town or any of these cush stocks or whatever under the micro uh license you can pull a permit in that town you can pay your high times fee for whatever they want for the booth and then you go to that city and you, ne- you uh damn this cotton mouth municipality and uh pull uh, a permit there for 200 bucks i think they've set it at and uh be able to keep your brand and sell your products so if uh the micro community is large enough, then yeah, I think we'll be more than willing to work with say high times or kush stock just to keep branding and uh, product moving. More or less branding, I think is more importantly. Yeah. I think if you, if you don't invest in that micro uh, license, uh, you're gonna get lost in the process. You might as well just grow and forget about your branding because chances are you're going to get lost in the wash. As soon as you take it to any kind of Mm -hmm. processor, they're just going to go, okay, this is no longer Eagle Gardens, fucking Dominatrix or Beautiful Loser. Uh, It's now such and such with my tag. It'd be Beautiful Loser by Cookies or whatever. You'll get lost Way, way, way back, unless you pull yeah, the micro branding and you can do your own businesses.
1: Yeah, I Just totally agree. I mean, especially in you know September when they pull the plug on the caregiver program or October, whenever it's going to be. Um, uh, first September,
0: that's such so, a goofy thing, too. I mean,
1: we can't really I,
0: brand flower yeah. anyway,
1: you know, it's so so difficult. I mean there was a time where we could almost sort of brand flower if you wanted to uh, individually wholesale to provisioning centers or something. That was kind of a thing, but I don't know. Now it's just, you have to get it tested and you have to have it in a batch and I don't know how that works out. You know, I wouldn't even bother having to individual. I mean, the only way you can do it is if you individually wrap it and then, you're not directly talking to a provisioning center. You're talking to a grower or a processor. So you have no idea what the provisioning center even wants or if they're even going to take individual packages, if they have shelf space for individual packages. Is that going to limit the sales of the product from the grower or processor? You know what I mean? There's just so many. I would love to be able to, you know, and so my, my plan was Class A. And so I've been building a Class A. I got square footage for a Class A. I got land to expand and do a class B or C, whatever. Uh, my, my limiting factors are my township uh, holding a red flag or a red zone over my head um, and not wanting to adopt into MMFLA or anything like that. So uh, I want to do class a man. Um, same deal. I'd love to do a, a, a micro business. Maybe I could probably do, I I'd get away with micro in my spot. Um, you know, there's enough traffic and stuff around. I wouldn't mind it, but, I kind of want to just limit it to just like the farming and just farm wholesale, farm wholesale, and then do events. You know, if I could wholesale at events or not, maybe not wholesale, but be able to like take my products to a provisioning center or to a, I don't know, licensed event or something like that. That would be ideal, man. I'd love to do that. That'd be perfect. Like I said, I'm, I'm not huge with the, or having a big market for extracts or anything like that. I like to just flower and or grow the grow the plants man you know run the grow and then i hope to hope to be able to like go to the provisioning center and set up I, i would love to be able to do like the consignment space you know have like all right here's our display we're gonna give us a display right here we can come in and every thursday we're gonna come in and and talk to your uh talk to your customers and stuff and let them know what you know in my my case red setter farm is all about you know or red setter farms and you know irish hills based you know blah 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 and you get a chance to do that you can't really do that with this system that we have in place you know
0: at least it's very difficult to well mr red i think i am gonna cut this off because i've got to do some watering
1: yeah man, man i uh is, i gotta go this has water been the toilet awesome
0: mm-hmm. this has been amazing I am so thankful for you to, uh, jump on the autopilot there and hold it down while my ship was going crazy. Total, total great guest. I mean, I can't say enough about this. This has been completely awesome. And, uh, like I said, long overdue. I wish we would have done this a long time ago.
1: I agree. So, Eagle. It, uh, it was an excellent, excellent hangout session. Um, dude, it, it was great getting to talk to you. Uh, I'm sure I got wind in me for another round whenever you want. Whenever you want to hang out, man. Oh yeah, you're
0: welcome back anytime. I I'd love to go another three, four hours with you. talking. and I I believe we could do another I three, four hours listen, easy.
1: Listen, can keep talking. Oh
0: easily. no, man! You every time you tuned in, you're on, man. You dropped tons of knowledge. You're great to watch. I, I hope so,
1: man. Sometimes I'm I just I don't even know what's coming out of my mouth. It's just rolling, so. I just, I'm just it's just not playing. I
0: almost think you're selling yourself a little bit short there brother I mean yeah, try to stay you, home you <laughs> mrs. red's got it going on man yeah uh, I hear you like said you've mentioned you're uh get married soon and uh yeah, I wish man. that it, all the best it, it fingers crossed and, that uh, that
1: works out still so I don't know Social a business huge
0: business, so. a huge thank you to mrs. red for letting me uh have you for a few hours for this and uh yeah uh thank you anybody thank you, uh, uh you, you want to give your shout outs and uh you, yourself and uh anybody i want to thank you
1: uh i want to thank you for the compliments man you're you're very kind and i really want to thank you for your time and let me come on here and just expel all the stuff that i got going on in my head um not to mention Trust man getting a chance to here. just sit here and talk was uh, uh an, an excellent like stress relief um Big shout-out, man. Big shout-out to Miss Red. Big shout-out to the Michigan Bros Grow Show. Big shout-out to the Frugal Force. Big shout-out to uh, everybody who hangs out and tunes into the Late Sash. Big shout-out to everybody who hung out and and has been in chat all night, man. Um, I'm not even going to list everybody because tons of gross skis are in there, man. Dude, just shout-out to all you guys, man, because uh, you guys hung in for the marathon, man. And Eagle, man, thanks for letting me host – marathon with you and shout out to new standard uh i got an awesome opportunity uh just before the show i was doing um audio clips i'm gonna be the voice on the phone when you call to you know get directions to the store talk to somebody i'm gonna be the person telling you the hours and all that stuff i'm the audio recording voice uh phone prompt voice if you will so yeah man shout out to new standard um Shout out to all you guys, man. I just want to thank all you. Appreciate it, man. Thank you very much.
0: Hell, yeah. I appreciate you coming on. And uh, looking forward to uh, talking to you again soon. Absolutely. For surely Sunday, I get some of your time again. Hell, yeah, man. And I want to thank uh, everybody, like you said, for tuning in and who will tune in. I appreciate all your guys' time. and. appreciate you tuning in hanging out and chatting it's always amazing that people even donate their time to this and uh it's always greatly appreciated on my end for sure i want to thank a couple people that support me as well and that would be uh my herbs now who are super cool people they'll be on wednesday to talk to me uh generic fertilizers uh who will uh, let me, who are kind enough to send me at their line to let me test out and run. Blue Planet Nutrients, who's been around and very cool to me for years. And of course, Active Grow LED, that's uh, helped me be who I am as far as pushing my plans. And uh, look forward to tomorrow's guest, uh, Phoenix. Uh, I don't want to fuck this up. Phoenix Farms Genetics who we uh, telling us about his cannabis journey and his gear that he has available for everybody. So please check that out to tomorrow. And like I said, uh, herbs now is Wednesday and I'm working on, I've got a bunch of good guests coming. We're just nailing down dates. So please, uh, you know, check this out. And once more, appreciate you guys, your time, do something nice for somebody. It always comes back around. Have a great night. Have a great day when you watch us. Peace.